It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dave Handrady and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 373 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Uh, a lot of mirth in the room this week. I'm joined by a returning guest. It's been quite some time, and I'm delighted to welcome Max Zanga back hey, onto the show. What's up? It's back. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. You know, I think I've been trying to get back for some time now. You guys were like, we only have two blacks a year. You've been really limiting. I think this our is presence. Just, okay. so, <laughs> like, we can't do this. So it's, it's it's good to be back, right? <laughs> right. The best white podcast in the in the circuit. Yeah. What can I say? I like I I I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've got me reeling already. Like, yes, I. It's true. I grew up with mostly white friends because <laughs> I lived in the Drogheda suburbs yeah. <laughs> in the nineties, and I just haven't been exposed to people who didn't look like me. What like What do you want me to say here? You know what I'll say? You've made I'm a terrible person. You made Drahada kind of cool. Every time you go back home and you have like the big caption Drahada, yeah, across it's it's nice. It's happening this weekend, guys. It's so nice. I have to go back home. I promised I'd go back home, and I didn't. Even though I'm like, oh, I kind of, I'm just kind of, I don't know. But I, I promised my brother I'd go. It's also it's like my mother's birthday on the Monday. Mm. It's my birthday next week. Let's go. Write that down, guys. My brother's birthday. So like, I, I gotta go. I have to go home. Have no, to go home. But no, that's look. This is a music podcast. This isn't a family podcast. No, worry, worry. Certainly not a family podcast, yeah. based on some of the things you're talking about off mic. Okay. But that's another conversation today. Adam Shanahan, Sonic <laughs> Architects, save me. <laughs> I don't know if I can, but I will do my very best. Thanks. Do you think I'm a racist? I, 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 feel, like, <laughs> I feel like that's what's being put across. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you asked me to save you, and then you're asking me. You're asking me to answer you're that question. Honestly, I'm only joking. I'm just wondering if I deserve censure is all. I, then, I, I think. I think he's. I think he's doing okay. I mean, look. I think. 
you guys are white, so your opinion on it doesn't count. That's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. That's fair enough. On this that's week's episode, we'll be talking about our top five favorite cartoon themes. Yes, that was sir. your top five selection. We'll get into why later on. Mm. I'm just conscious of it. It's going to be another long show. It's half seven on a fucking Thursday. So I'm missing Love Island to see you boys. I I'll get, you you'll, boys. you'll get home in time. You'll get home in time. We're going to talk about um, you know, your two music projects. One that you're definitely in, one that we're not sure if you're in. Yeah. Tebby Rex is one that we know that you're, you're, we know that you're one half of Tebby Rex. I am indeed, yes. We don't know for sure if you are Phil more. There's a Fillmore exclamation mark. There's that's, this. That's a rumor. Nothing to do with me. Strange artist. I don't know. Um, but I, I have a feeling you might not be able to shed some light on that one. Probably yes. yes. So we'll oh, talk about well that. Read. Talk about that. But let, let, let's kick off the show. Uh, and it is, of course, Patreon.com/slash Noancore. If you love this show and you think I'm actually a virtuous member of the community, that's fine. Um, let's talk about um, community in general. You mm. went to Longitude Festival. Yes, I did indeed. I did not because I'm too old. Uh, I was also too old. That frightens me. My 20-year-old niece was going and she said she felt too old. I was like, what mm. the fuck? Did you go all weekend? No, I just went the Sunday. Uh, but it's only two days now, so I mean... I must confess, I didn't even realise it was on until like the day before, day off possibly. I, was I like, mean, that's probably the too old thing. Like we have less and less people we know who are like, I'm going to Longitude this weekend. So yeah, I mean, I went the one day. It was nice, a bit rainy, but um, I'm actually quite, I'm quite glad, I'm quite glad the Longitude kind of skews very young because... Working in the event industry, and especially during COVID, we've, I don't know what's happened, but like the spaces where young people can be under 18 or even 18 shrink every day. Tramline closed down, but who cares? Because Tramline is whatever. <laughs> but it's like places that were like once 18s and now like 20s. Um, I legit was talking to a young musicians like, I want to organize some gigs, but I can't get into anywhere to play these gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, so let the teenagers have longer too. They have literally almost nothing else. I've no, there's no snobbery here. I just recognize that it's it's for it's for a younger audience. It's that, for the and, youth. Yeah, and that's fine. Like you know, I, I wouldn't if if there was someone playing that I desperately wanted to see, I would certainly brave it. Yeah, because you know, as a music journalist, you can just be like, well, I'm here for work, everybody. But no, I recognize you're like that's fine. That that's totally okay. You know, it's not my place. Who was good? Who was bad? Who'd you see? Um, I didn't, you know, listen to a lot of people. Uh, you were just networking, was uh, it? Not networking. I was just kind of hanging around. Like, obviously, Red's House was happening, and I did that. Um, who did I see? Travis and Ellis were quite good. Yeah, Gliders. I, was, yeah. I heard, I saw the clips, and it looked They were very bananas. good. Yeah. And I think I loved it because I love when I, I watch artists making choices and, like, decisions during their set and adjusting. Because, like, quite often... As a musician, you'll start off doing one thing and it's not working and you have to quickly adjust. So I think I always kind of describe it when it's like, it's kind of like uh, a hammer and like a, what's that thing? A chisel, right? I think those are the two types of performances. So I think they started off very precise, very kind of chisel-like. And the kids were just, or the teens or the young adults, didn't really know them and wanted to party. And they could tell that. So at one point, they switched from being like, oh, these bars are going to come out very clear and distinct to being like, I'm going to scream and shout and turn up and make it a vibe. And that just started working and working and working. And it was a graveyard shift that that set time, what, uh, half two? I've seen people, many artists flop at that time. Die on the rares. Yeah. Big, big, yeah. big flop energy, you know? And I won't name any names. I love you, Sequence. I won't name any names. Um, like, So it's kind of, to see them do that time and do it well, is such a it was such a special thing, and then um, who else did I see? Yeah, you know, Metro Boomin was cool. 
Uh, saw a little bit of little Tay J. It was fine. Did you stay for Travis Scott coming on stage forty five minutes late or whatever no, it was? I had to go watch Love Island. There with you my go, girl, man. Yeah, like Travis this Scott. Is what I mean, it's how special this podcast is. Travis me. Scott was late, and I believe he was rude to photographers. That's all I took away from what I saw on well, Twitter. Why photographers be mad? You know, whatever. Stush. Well, don't you mean, know, don't they, mean Travis's face. Like, they've, they've got, they're not in his face. They're in the pit. They've got a job to do. It's pre, pre-arranged for him that they get like three songs. And apparently he was giving out that they were there midway through the second song. Yeah. I mean, why were they still there? I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst thing. Not, not, not the worst thing to happen at a Travis Scott show. I don't, know, I don't like photographers. We should You don't like photographers? All but, photographers. That's a lie. You are always doing these high concept photo shoots mm. that requires a photographer. Yeah, I like Kate. I like, that's the one photographer. She's one of the good ones, you know? Okay. Much like how you feel about People. This is uh, like uh, I, I just uh, wanton character assassination of of, of, of your. If you saw the look he gave the room just there, but <sighs> of your beloved podcast host. Just, just for stop. the record, everyone. Just I'll for stop. the record. No, I'm not a. Like I don't. No, you're not, but the thing is, I think like arguing against this is like my guilty. You know, it's yeah. like because it's just me think of if someone accused me of something like oh like you're my homophobic. I bet oh, no, I'm not. Mm, well, well, like I would just shrug it off because it's like when you start bringing stats, and it's like, hey, for the record, and look at my history, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of the blacks. It's it gets very guilty sounding. I've never said that. <laughs> like that's a weird thing to say. No, of course. Like, um, this is yeah. a music podcast. Can it's a music podcast. Let's, yeah, let's stick with music, shall we? Uh, I went to see Interpol. Uh, very very white band. The Interpol <laughs> pop concert. I went to the Interpol pop concert okay. in Trinity College, Dublin, mm. last Friday, and uh, it was fine. It was grand. It was fun. You know, I've seen them three times now. Three stars every time. Yeah, okay. Three out of five. So, you've seen someone three times and each time they've just been fine and you keep going? Well, uh, the first time they were in the Olympia and health were supporting, so I wanted to see them mm. feel like it was a freebie. Second time was Electric Picnic, it was definitely a freebie, and this time was also a freebie. Thank you mm. to, uh, you know who you are. Um, and, I, and I was with... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, just absolutely giving nothing away there. <laughs> and I don't know, like, my friends were there and they loved it. You okay. know, they had a great time. And I, the Kerosy through them had a good time. It's uh, fine. I, I'm not mad about that venue. It's okay. Sound wasn't incredible. And I think it's a bit festival-y. I will say this, great, this, the great thing about the Trinity series that they do at Trinity College Dublin is when a gig is on, right left, right, and behind you during the show, there's, like, fucking buses going by. Yeah, It's like a Street Fighter 2 level. Mm. You're like, what is this? You don't see that every day. That is nice. I just have, like, it's almost like, oh, it's effects or background visuals. And like, it's smack bang in the middle of town. I That's have a question good. for you. Yes. You're a man of, uh, what would we say? I'm a man of the... Many complications. Concerning taste. Discerning taste, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, discerning taste. I think, yeah, I think defined taste. Yeah, def- I think I think you like what you like. Yeah, you're a man of high standards. Yeah. And in many ways, that makes for an excellent music reviewer. You have nuance, you have like interesting balance and insight that a regular person wouldn't have. But do you feel like when you're at gigs that your friends love and you think is just fine, do you ever wish you could just dial that discernment down and be like, I would love to go to this Interpol concert and it'd be one of the best nights I've had in ages. But since you're so refined, you're not going to get that as much as the, a regular person like me would get. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you're, there's a combination there of you saying very nice things, which I appreciate, but I also feel like I, I come out of it sounding a bit like a snob. Um, and maybe I am, you know, maybe I am. But like, I think, especially at gigs, no, the goal is always to have a great time. You know, I mean, like, and I would love to, absolutely. It's like, you know, pass me the Kool-Aid if possible here. But like, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't always, like, I, I, I do find that at live shows, I'm always kind of writing, even watching a movie, I'm always writing the opening paragraph of the review in my head, even mm. when I'm not doing a review. But 
Yeah, I, I tend to like gigs as well. I tend to kind of, you know, I find it hard to loosen up sometimes. Even at shows, bands I love, like it, it's not always, it's not always a direct hit. You know, I'm saying if if you if you could, would you? You know, not just like fucking lose it and have a good time. <laughs> of course, I, I think like forfeit. Like for integrity. Like, no, no. I mean, I, I guess it's like in a way, make yourself in the nicest way of saying it's slightly more basic. Um, yeah, but I, I don't think I'm. I don't, I don't think I'm not that. Like, like, uh, like, dude, I like new metal. You know, new metal's not basic. No, mean? but you know, some people think it is, and they're wrong. Uh, <laughs> they're fools, and they know nothing. I mean, everyone's basic in elements, but I mean more basic. I because sometimes I think I, I'll be in a nightclub, and obviously I run events, and sometimes I'm seeing people have a great time, have like a really, really good time and they're drinking and they're having a chat and I'm just looking around saying, this could have been better, this could have been this and this could have been that. And sometimes I wish I could enjoy, I, I wish I could enjoy more mid stuff basically. Sure, yeah. Um, maybe we're just too above it or maybe there's a social awkwardness thing in there possibly. The gig was fine, it was good, like I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I just, you stars. know, I, I wish they had played All the Rage back home but they didn't. You know, I love that song but what are you going to do? And finally in this preamble uh, I went to see the new Mission Impossible movie. I cannot wait. Any questions? I purposely didn't read your Letterboxd review. There's no spoilers I, in it really. Well, it's fine because I wanted to know what you, I want to hear oh, in real sure. time. Uh, well, I, I won't, there'll be no spoilers here by the way if you're going to go see the, the, the latest installment of the greatest action franchise ever. Um, oh. It's, uh, yeah, I loved it. It's very long. Mm. Uh, so negatives out of the way first. And again, no spoilers. It's quite long. You know, it feels a bit baggy at times, okay. but not too bad. And it's definitely extremely convoluted from a plot point of view. It needs to be. There are, but they're, they're more so than usual. And there are scenes where, like, the villain is explaining the plot and it's very, very written. And it's very, it's kind of silly. And it's a bit like, you could kind of zone out and be like, well, sorry, what are they talking about? Okay. Um, but the, you know, the overarching plot reminded me a lot of Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. So I was very happy with that. But crucially, is this film good as a blockbuster? The answer is yes. The action scenes are unbelievable. The final action sequence is incredible. So went to the premiere, right? Which sounds glitzy and glamour. He's really f- stunting on us this episode. A little bit. I mean, honestly. It's not. It's not like a it's it's a it's a screening. It wasn't like a like it wasn't. Although I will say, what was funny was they had like a you know they had like some you know fucking decal stuff and you get your photo taken, which I didn't do. But you know what they were playing as you walked in? They were playing the Limp Bizkit Mission Impossible uh, Two theme, and I was just like, yes, incredible. I am home. <laughs> um, and it was yeah, it was fun to go to, but like, uh, it's just a screening. Like it's not like there's no stars there, and there shouldn't be. Was there anything free? Oh yeah, popcorn, sweets, drinks. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. guy stunned on us. You asked. Point is, right, watching the movie, and again, no spoilers, towards the end, uh, there was at least two moments where, like, one person, like, like people, people, like, there was a big gasp in the cinema at one stage. There was someone, like, going, you know, the, the motorcycle stunt that we've seen in all the trailers, like, like, like one guy, she goes, oh, God, and, like, a woman behind him, she, she was like, no, I can't, I can't, uh, it was people getting really into it. I felt like, I feel like with an American crowd, they go mental, but there was a moment towards the end where the guy two seats away from me audibly shivered, like, like, properly, like, <gasps> And I was just like, wow, this guy's into <laughs> wow. this fucking movie. Yeah, it's great. I loved it. Uh, not the best of the Mission Impossible films, but definitely one of the higher quality How many ones. stars? Four out of five. Oof. I will go see it again. Oof. And uh, it, who knows? Maybe it'll get that 4.5 bump. We'll see. I oh loved it. Wow. I love this franchise. I love Tom Cruise. This is the greatest thing to ever happen to cinema. <laughs> go and see it, everybody. And uh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. I, I love when you love stuff. It's so nice. See, the people accuse me. Up. People accuse me of not loving things. That's of being not true. Mr. Negative. 
There's Mr. Negative, they say. <laughs> walking walk into a, walk into a <laughs> shop, you know? I, I, oh. I feel like I'm being attacked here. My people in this instance? No, I'm just, I know, it wasn't at you. It's just, I think there's, 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 it's a paranoid perception I've built up over many, many years. So people just, I think people focus on the negative. You know, they're like, you could say, you know, 10 really positive things. Mm. But then if I, if I like trashed something, mm. like the stripes or whatever, yeah. they were like, oh, you just fucking hate everything. But, but, like, Dave, but I don't. And there's Dave, so much evidence to point to. It's, but, it's an inverse. You say five negative things, then two positive ones. Like you, you are way more negative than positive. Not to call you a negative person, but it's not Mr. Negative. Thank you. It's not, sorry, not to call you Mr. Negative. Um, but it's not like you being like positive, 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 positive. One negative. Yeah. I, I think you're like me with food. Like my my uh, my girl always complains. It's like, oh, you don't like any food. You don't like any food. And I'm like, no, that's not true. I think majority of food I eat is fine. You like what you like. But like for me to say something's great, it has to be great. Yeah. I'm a, I'll eat anything. I'm not picky either. I will eat literally almost anything. And most of it is fine. That, that food, fine. That takeaway, fine. That Italian, fine. But I don't call as much stuff great. It's certain shit. Oh, you don't. You hate stuff. I'm like, no, no. Most stuff is just fine. It has to be. That's like the law of averages. Would you call yourself a people pleaser? Oh, I mean, I love to please people. I'm actually pathetic. Is I have right? no spine. <laughs> Okay. You know, you could play jump rope with my spine. It's so loose. Well, if only if only somebody wrote a song about that kind of thing. I mean, I would certainly put it on the Spotify playlist. If this doesn't get playlist, I would be so sad now that I've said it on the podcast today. Adam, do you happen to have a song about being a people pleaser? Do I? <laughs> I like to be the best. I like to be your friend. I'd like if I was normal. I'm not normal. I pretend. I'd like to be the best I'd like to be your friend I'd like if I was normal I'm not normal I pretend See a nigga like me See a nigga like me Proper needy, proper corny I'm a puppet on the shelf Hands in my rectum I was dancing You need you want Say less, I got it 1,000 cash Yeah, out my pocket One and rollies I would roll that on the street for you In the storm, I don't care In the rain, I don't care Once you like me, if you care If you say that I'm nice Or I'm kind down there Man, I like being liked Okay, I'm scared that is People Pleaser. It is the brand new single from Tebby Rex, and it's out right now. Yeah, go listen to it. Go listen to it. You've heard it there. Go check it out on all of your platforms. Buy the tape cassette. Request the radio stations, all that kind of stuff. So, Tebby Rex, uh, if there's anyone listening to this who is horribly ignorant and has never somehow heard of Tebby Rex before, what, ca- what, what state is the project in? Who's in the project with you? Okay. And where are we at right now? Like, yeah, just take me through the song. Take me through the current era of the of the act. It is you and one other person, of course. Yeah, me and Matt O'Boyle, one of the good whites. I love him. Um, yeah, I, I think we. Yeah, I, I think we're working on an EP right now. That EP is coming out. I think this autumn. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I when it comes to like this song in particular as well, because if you listen to it there, it's not a very serious song. And um, I think there's a lot of honesty in it, like truth in it, because I just we kind of went off an album run and we were being like really heady and really artsy. And I had a beret on and I was like smoking from a pipe and it was like, oh, my God, we're like artistes and we're being like weird and artistes. And I just got and I, and I enjoyed that process, but it was sometimes it can be a very unrewarding like process. I, legit, I, did, I wrote a song about like my brother having cancer and I just I never want to perform that song. I never want to listen to that song. It's not something that in my day to day I want to come across. So we we were kind of thinking, okay, 
we kind of felt between both of us that being a musician in this stage of your career um, is kind of a very funny prospect. Funny in terms of what you're doing for career and trying to be successful and da, da, da. And then funny in terms of the stories and experiences you have. So we wanted to write songs that to us was just funny. Like what the kind of tragedies in our life that we think were amusing. And I think People Pleaser to me feels like that because like the most confident musician is begging, pleading for people to like them. They need people to like them. Otherwise your career doesn't work, you know? So when someone's like, hey, dropping a song tomorrow, uh, please like and share, they desperately need you to do those things for them to kind of pursue their passion and maybe like buy food. And that's kind of really fucking funny. I think that's really, really fucking funny. So that's where we're at with it right now. We're just trying to have a laugh, have a fun time and maybe say some truth along the way. In terms of that, like sound and where, how you're trying to put all of that thematically together mm. in a in a in a project, um, was it a case of sourcing music first? Because like having worked with yourself and Matt mm. before, I know that there were certain you know beats in place before, mm. and they were written too. Um, is it a case of you had ideas kind of ready? And then you sought stuff to kind of fit that shape or mm. were you, did you do it the opposite way around and the kind of more traditional way, I suppose, in terms of like fine beats first, write it after? Um, I think for us, we kind of, we kind of did a bit of both of that. So the name oh, of the tape oh. is Sitcom. So the, the style form for anything was we wanted to write songs that had like ideas and concepts that were like a single sentence. And then we would see what's the mileage out of that. So it's, so People Pleaser was legit that it was like, I want to write a song where I'm being really pathetic and trying to make everyone happy. Okay, mm. cool. And we would, I would maybe like either YouTube beat it, like like get a YouTube beat for like idea or concept and just more so a BPM and, and a freaking uh, key and then go get the beat made completely differently or like be in the studio with someone and build it from the ground up. But I think that was it. It was like, hey, I like, there's a song um, called All My Friends Moved Away last summer. And it was like, I want to write a song where I'm physically fighting the countries my friends moved to. And it's like, okay, can we make that into like a, a fully fledged song? And then we went from there. Um, and it was nice because it was cool to strip things back to a, to a more simpler format. Um, even in terms of instrumentals, we're like, I want this to be for the most part, pop music, but with a twist. Like, I don't mind giving it some edge. This doesn't need to do super well on radio. But I want it to be like, it's like a sitcom. It needs to feel easily digestible. And even all the songs on the tape, if you listen to them, if you have it on loop, they loop perfectly. There's no real stop or stop. They're made, uh, they're made to kind of repeat. I like that, yeah. It's a, I, and is it gapless as well in terms of like it flowing from one to another straight away or there, because I know how high concept mm. yourself and Matt can get and um, are there, do you have that kind of usual interlude stuff, mm. that kind of bridge gaps? Is it done in, is it done in acts? How, how's this one gone? No, I think with this tape, it's kind of all the songs are meant to be kind of consumed individually. Standalone so, pieces. Yeah. yeah, standalone pieces. Kind of like a sitcom where it's like, okay, maybe a season has an overarching background concept but really it's this episode is this and this episode is this so like that, yeah yeah even i think we're gonna when we go to release the tape we're gonna ask people here are the songs tell us what order we should sequence them on the tape because that's what we mean like it le legit doesn't matter that's there's, not what um, it's about there's a slightness to this and i don't mean that as like a knock i mean like, like there's kind of a short burst adrenaline rush dopamine kind of thing going on i think with these and the previous uh, like stuff that has come out recently uh, i think that it's 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 i don't know it's not it's not more digestible necessarily but there's just something about it where it is very punchy or mm. something and it, that feels deliberate to me it, 
this stage because you know I say Teddy Rex, you know, two albums, a bunch of you know other kind of projects within this as well, and it is, you know, Adam alludes to high concept stuff, but it's not that this isn't high concept, but I don't know. There's just you guys sound like you're having more fun. I know that's the idea, but it yeah. does actually come across in the music. I mean, yeah, like for, for us... Not that it, you've never had it. Like, you've always had a lively presence, but there's yeah. something here where you... I don't know. It just feels a bit more... I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. Like the shackles I, are off almost. It's a bit more free or something. Maybe. Or? Yeah. I, I would say it feels like... In, in, it both is and isn't because when it comes to like subject matter, just a lot of times I want to do something silly, like really, really silly, uh, and it wouldn't it wouldn't really run or it wouldn't work or it'd be like, oh, maybe we should talk about this. Because I think a lot of our contemporaries um, explore just really meaningful, interesting stuff. Like if you look at Nilo, if you look at Kojak, ooh, our contemporaries, ooh, look at us. If you look at those guys, and like even if you look at Kneecap, it's like, oh, they're funny, but talking about really important stuff. And there's that need and want to talk about really important stuff. Like in the last album, it's like, this needs to be really important. It needs to be like really like artful. And then it was so freeing to be just to make a project that doesn't really intend to do any of that. Like, and all my friends moved away. It's like, oh, we could use that to also touch up on the housing crisis. Nah, I want to physically fight Australia like it's a kangaroo. Like, I say that. It's like, you think you got hands, kangaroo, jack, some stuff like that. But it also called for restraint because I needed not to do my English student debatery go, go nonsense to that place, and go, like, yeah. Make it a more concept, more concept. Make it longer. Do like, I can't believe Adam let me on that first album do like a, was it like a, 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 a two minute straight verse? Like how many bars was that? Like a lot. A lot of yeah. bars. Was that, a, was, was that a fun day for you in the studio? Adam? I g- genuinely like, I don't remember like that specific thing being an issue. I don't ever remember those things being an issue. Like, so, you know, time and place is important too. I, it, it was sick, but it's like, you look at that album now and you look at the songs that have done well and a lot of the songs have done well and then people are like, yeah, I'm going to listen to this guy rap for like three minutes straight about some, in a very monotone, kind of sad, depressed way. It's just, I, but to me, it's like, that song's amazing. That song's excellent. But it's just, this is like the complete opposite and it's been really fun to make a stab at that. I want to play a song that's been stuck in my head for weeks. It's been in my on repeat, and it's actually, it won't leave my brain. It won't leave my brain. Now, you may or may not have an opinion about this song, but let's have a blast. This one's called Ingrid Song. It's by a different project. The project is Fillmore, mm. with, with an exclamation mark mm. at the end. So, yeah, let's have a blast of this one, please, Adam. Ingrid, I'm on it. Everybody hates me inside of I'm the victim, I'm the number one enemy, key witness It's a fist with the lift, yes, fly fitness With a swipe, never right, couldn't gain access And they hate my face with slant access And a weak accent, or the strong accent Depends on who you asking Phyllis said I was too so something Aspen They got hate coke I don't do Pepsi in my passion, pep in my step, trying step in my purpose. Slip on the ice, I'm a mean good person. Y'all so mean to me, tell me why you hate it. Just cause I'm perfect and I'm cute and I'm patient. I'm not gonna take it, I'm so fed up. Me now with the guy declassified or better. I- I'm a corny man, I'm cheesy, call me fedder. Big round eyes, I'm a pub computer. My mind come my mind, but why she gonna be here? I'm my Sabrina, sure I'm magic and I mean it. You may It's 
Ingrid song by Fillmore. Uh, some people in the in the in the trades, in the music press, and even some online rumors uh, have have decided that they know who this mysterious artist is, and and they they think it might be you. I mean, I think social media runs on such a misinformation economy. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, it, I mean, it sounds like you. I hate to say it, but like... Um, look, I won't lie. There are some similarities there in the voice and tone. But the attitude of Fillmore is a bit more flippant than I am. A bit more crude. A bit more immature, dare I say. Uh, no, he's cool. He's, he's sick. And he's having like a, a really good run, I think. Um, new on the scene. Three songs out. Um, won an award a year ago. Yeah, won an award for Theater. experimental art. So yeah. it's it's really interesting, to, I think, to see a project where it's blending those things like kind of music and theater and being very avant-garde. Like the voice of a generation, I, I don't know. You, you, maybe. Some have said this, yeah. Some have said. What eventually. do you think, Adam? Yeah, I think it's a interesting direction. And certainly, like, I don't know if you're going to file any kind of lawsuit for uh, mm. copyright infringement because there is some very similar And like someone's moments. getting someone's getting sued over that do revenge sample that was in that mm. song there as well. So <laughs> Well when they come I'm so glad they won't be coming for me. That's right. I mean I don't know, I just like the conspiracy theorist in me mm. just can't help but get this out of my head. I just I just feel like if it's not you, well then I just don't know who it could be. But I mean look, I'm your boy, right? We're all boys here. Will I lie to you? I don't think so. Nah, this seems far-fetched. But you I see, was... Yeah, no, you seem convincing, but there's just something... And again, this song, this I love this song. I think the song rules. Yeah. I've been really enjoying it. I love that I love that kick in. I love the, the co-vocal. It's fucking great. There's so much raw energy to this. It feels like a new metal pop song in a way. It feels like a throwback, you know? I think if Fillmore was here, I imagine he'd be pretty flattered by those very nice words you said. But I, I think even listen to it and listen to the songs that are out currently, and I think they're releasing an EP later this year. Okay. Um, How do you know that? Uh, I just once again, people are you know connecting dots on Twitter, you hear things, internet yeah. rumors, that type of thing. But yeah, I think there is the nostalgia feels so purposeful that it's trying to like call back to that kind of late 90s, early 2000s sound, whether that is like the new metal stuff or the more kind of uh, indie pop stuff, which is which is really, and it, with it being very hip hop focused, I, I really like it. I'm curious to see what the next song is going to be and see what direction it goes in next. That's fair. Okay, look, we'll we'll do our best to track down this, this guy someday, maybe get him on the show. But in the meantime... Uh, Everyone, go listen to People Pleaser by Tabby Rex. Go listen to Ingrid's song by Phil Moore. And we're going to take the news sting now, Adam. Start spreading the news. And spread the news we shall. Um, I guess we can start with an ongoing kind of thing. I didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, but um, Adele has asked people to, to stop you know, abusing artists on stage. There's a weird trend happening at the moment. I want to I want to know where you stand on this. Let's actually have a listen to Adele. She's performing at her Las Vegas residency. She was stalking the stage with a t-shirt gun. You know, those cannons that killed Ned Flanders' wife, Maud, in The Simpsons that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had a message for, for those watching. Let's have a listen to what she had to say. Have you noticed how people are like, Forgetting fucking show etiquette at the moment. Like people are throwing shit on stage. Have you seen that? Fucking dare you. Dare you throw something at me when I'm fucking doing it. Stop throwing things at the artist, but you can shoot things. So, like, 
I have to wonder what is happening at the moment because we've had all these kind of stories in, in recent weeks. You know, Harry Styles was hitting the eye with a sweet. Mm. Bebe Rexa had a phone thrown at her. Bebe Rexa, I always thought it was Bebe. Apparently it's Bebe. Bebe Rexa had a phone thrown at her face because some guy thought it would be funny. Lil Nas X had to pause the show when a fan threw a sex toy on stage. Someone threw their mother's ashes at Pink. I think someone else Jesus. threw a, I think someone else threw a the threw a wheel of brie at her possibly. Uh, Ava Max was attacked by a fan. Um what's happening? And like and, and like you know did you see any of this kind of trouble at Longitude? Uh, like uh, is this like I, there's all these theories that people just have forgotten how to behave at gigs and like there's behavior at gigs and then there's this. Like I mean like what is going on? I guess my my theory would be cuz I don't know too much about the other events but whether it's a concert or a festival because to my understanding there's maybe something about these concerts where you're in that place just in front of the stage and you've paid extra money and there's maybe entitlement that comes with that because from the most stories I've seen it seemed to be people's concerts not festivals and I don't know everyone wants an internet moment like they question the person who threw the phone at BB Rex and the fella and he was like oh yeah it'd be funny and like he's popping on social media for a day and that's enough for a lot of people but you just getting people are really vulnerable vulnerable position it's really fucking weird man i i, I don't know yeah maybe audiences are too entitled because they're spending so much money to be at shows there's talk of that there's talk of it being post-pandemic and kind of just like a weird kind of rush of people just forgetting how to you know interact i, I like it feels like a bit of an epidemic at the moment there are all these high profile incidents i get from your own point of view as a performer when you're on stage mm. and again like you know you don't just stand there you yeah. you do beckon the crowd on yeah like how do you feel about that separation between artist and and, and audience i mean cuz it depends on what kind of performer you are and, and i do think someone like adele who's very refined on stage i've seen adele live and adele will get up there and will sing the songs and talk in between and be mostly stationary and she'll put on a wonderful show that's what her practice is but then someone like me who like i need audience participation i need engagement that's why i've had industry events where they've been very much less than stellar because agents and bookers and label people just stand there and they're like hmm, hmm, hmm. And, and they can be enjoying themselves and they're just kind you'd of, never know you'll never nothing <laughs> They'll be mo- they'll be motionless. Uh, they'll be stationary. But it reminds me a lot of. I think the pre post pandemic thing feels very true because I I if anyone can recall to the early days of collage. Well, obviously we're all very we're all very young and hip men in this room here. But I I remember Two out of three. yeah it's fine. I remember in college it was like I could identify the people who went um to a one gendered school. They just had, if you went to all boys, all girls school, I could feel, like, I, I felt like I could guess if you went to one of those because you had like poorer social skills of the different gender than those around you. That's why, that's why I felt, or like, even like, te- I used to, to tell if someone went to private school, I'm like, yes, there's something very subtly maybe off with you. And I think a lot of people during the pandemic, um, a lot of people turned 18 during the pandemic, turned 19, 20 during the pandemic, where you weren't having those experiences. Like my girl's younger brother don't even go clubbing because when he turned 18, the clubs weren't open. So he had to go to the pub. So now he's like 20 or something and he's more used to going to the pub. He's like, oh, I can go to that club. That club is shit. But it's like, when you're that age, you're supposed to enjoy shit clubs. They don't get shit until you get old and then you look back and be like, oh my God, that was absolutely terrible. So I think the pandemic really messed some people up. 
Yeah, I mean, a gig, a gig is a place for escapism and, you know, all kinds of stuff can happen and you can, you know, lose yourself to whatever degree. But obviously the line between physically assaulting the performer that you've paid money to see, like, you're just like, what? Uh, I just, I can't quite get it in my head around it, especially when someone is launching a fucking phone at a performer and nailing them in the face with it. First of all, you're going to get caught. Yeah. Like, second of all, how, like, what's the plan here? You know, like, like what's the thought process? But the plan is clout. It's, I'm but going how is to this be... good clout? Do you know what I mean? No, but clout doesn't got to be matter. good. I'm yeah. being convicted of assault what, of it. What, like, what's, that, what's that fella who was just walking into people's homes um, in the UK and videoing it? Well, uh, you, you haven't heard that story? This guy was just walking into people's homes videoing and seeing how far he could get away with it. Um, and, like, he got, like, he was on Piers Morgan and Piers Morgan's like, how can you be, I mean, Piers Morgan obviously is like not a well person. It's like, how could you do this? Why are you doing this? Da, da, da. What do you think? Do you think it's okay? He's like, who cares? It's funny. And people, a section of people love him for it. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't have any, like to my knowledge anyways, like I don't want to hate on him, but he doesn't have any talent to speak of. But this, that flippant, I don't give a fuck attitude and people love him for it. I don't know. I I don't know where this ends is the thing. I don't know what where it has to get to because what are you going to do? You can't fucking like, you know, put a barrier up like a, a screen between like and of course there like there've been incidents before. I mean, Dimebag Daryl of X Pantera and Damage Plan, he was shot dead by a fan on stage. You know, that's obviously an ex- an extreme version of this and I do wonder, yeah, if this is social media fueled if it is just kind of a trend, so to speak. But again, I just, just find a bad thing where it's like, if, if if you love Harry Styles, why are you trying to take his eye out, you know? Be, be, oh, sorry, go on. I, I was just going to say, I think it's like that parasocial thing, isn't it? Because like, we're so close to everybody. It doesn't matter who they are now. It's it, it, I think it is like, you can chalk a lot of it, down, not all of it, but I think you can chalk a lot of it down to the social media era in terms of, um, you know, being able to see those intimate moments that, you know, artists have in their lives because they're sharing that with the world and you know some people feel that strange like there's like almost a like it, it is parasocial in terms of it's like I know this person yeah. this person is my friend because you know it's uh, maybe not maybe I'm not explaining it right but I do think that it has a lot to do with it the fact we're being let in and some people are taking taking a mile when they're being given an inch if you know what I mean I know I think you're so right it's that thing of you're too familiar with this person you don't know like even the recent thing of um, the Hayley Bieber and Selena Gomez beef and Selena Gomez being like hey please stop harassing Hayley Bieber please stop bullying her please stop commenting on her social media and then Selena Gomez fans being saying oh they're forcing, they're, forcing her, they're forcing her to say that. She doesn't really believe that. The way she told us to stop wasn't enthusiastic enough. She wants us to continue. It's the thing of, it's gone past you even having control in the situation. You are a product to me and I will get my usage. And whether that's me speaking for you on social media and destroying your enemies or me throwing the phone at your face, I'm going to get my usage out of this product. So yeah. you, you hit the nail on the head there. There are no more barriers to cross, to quote American Psycho. Next news story up is Cardi B. Uh, she has reflected on the backlash she received following her 2021 Grammy Awards performance of WAP. Uh, so she's having some some legal issues. Uh, the, the track was everywhere, of course, at the time. Uh, many people's number one song, song of the year. Song of the year. summer, I hear people were saying. Apparently, yeah, some people did say a song of the summer. Uh, she performed at the Grammys with Megan Thee Stallion, and uh, she said she basically went on Twitter this week and said that 
Uh, do you remember when the FCC, which is the Federal Communications Commission in America, almost sued me because I performed WAP at the Grammys? What about when all the Republicans, Republicans literally harassed me over it on the news every day? Uh, y'all remember, oh, because I do. Uh, people have said that the performance was obscene and pornographic and, you know, that kind of typical, you know, won't someone think of the children type situation. Um, she said, the Grammys are PG. That means parental guidance, meaning it's your job, like it is mine to my child, to monitor what they watch. My performance is around 10 p.m. on a Sunday. Your child should be in bed, ready for school the next day. Why are they up watching WAP? So, fair enough. Um, I I don't know. I mean, like, I'm surprised that this is still a news story two years later. And, you know, but she's apparently had some death threats and stuff and people like, you know, really gone after her talk of legal issues coming towards her. And uh, yeah, what do you think? I mean, look, I just think some people have been dealing with dry pussies and they're mad about it. I don't know. I don't Because, yeah, look, it, it's so hard to even speak on that because musicians get death threats for so much benign nonsense. And she is right. It's a sexual song. It's yeah. I, I'm honestly, it's it's what it was like the 50th anniversary of hip hop this year. I'm very tired of um, people complaining about this stuff being lewd. Like, who cares? I, I, there's not even new to say there. It's just this is such an old, old conversation. You've done this with Lil Kim. You've done this with Nicki. You've done this with all the rappers. Like, there's, there's nothing new to be said here. Like, why are you still complaining? Just don't tune in. It is 10 p.m. Your kids should be in bed. Fuck them kids. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, but no, but it, it, as you say, it's clearly more than just music here. It's clearly more than just, you know, like I'm offended by what I'm seeing. It's, it's typical. Oh, it's, it runs way deeper than that, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it, it, as you say, if, if people in the, in the 50th year of hip hop are still, you know, calling it quote unquote dangerous. But it's quite the, obvious what they're fucking talking about. I mean, look, don't, don't get me wrong. There's not like a racial, there's like, there's definitely a racial aspect to this, but they're also pushing to ban John Green books. John Green. It just to me, it just seems. I feel like a lot of people will accuse one side of being snowflakes and then just complain constantly, constantly about real benign nonsense. But yeah, look, it it went from is hip hop even real music, um, which were conversations happening in the late nineties to early two thousands, to being like, okay, it's real music, but isn't it maybe evil? Isn't it, isn't it maybe dangerous? And you know, rock and roll went through the same stuff. Jazz and metal, went through the same yeah, stuff. of course. Yeah. I think we need to just pick someone new to bully. That's my that's my takeaway. Can who would you just, pick? Who's who's let's let's bully the Jersey Club guys. Let's call that dangerous somehow. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Something about drug use and. Um, underage partying. Let's get them. Let's get somebody else. But yeah, no, like you're like it does feel continual. Even when the fucking when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame puts anyone who isn't rock and roll in, people are like what? And it's like that's still happening. It's like it's such a widespread. It's it's much more than just you know a guitar. Oh, like, oh, I never heard of them. Oh, I, I never heard their music. Are they? I never. I don't know them. I don't care about them. People love that shit. They still love that shit. They like will you're always old and gross and ugly. Who cares what you heard? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Well. Someone who doesn't have this problem, right, is Taylor Swift. So the Taylor Swift madness, as it is, is is continuing apace because it's just never going to stop. Uh, we'll mention the Ireland gigs in a moment because she has announced Irish gigs, of course, and people are losing their minds. It but weren't last time. This is the thing. We'll get to this. But first of all, a Taylor Swift fan in America mm. has gone viral 
for going to a show on the current tour, the Eras tour, in an elaborate disguise. Now, it says here elaborate disguise, right? I don't have the video, of course, because this is, of course, an audio medium, but I do have a clip for you of this person. I want you to picture this if you haven't seen it. This is somebody wearing a what appears to be a bed sheet with sunglasses, like a ghost yeah. from a cartoon. And we'll be talking about the cartoons later on. Oh, but for now... Let's just have some audio here of um, this viral incident that occurred. There are two Swifties here who shall remain anonymous, who called in sick to work. They traveled here from Louisville, so they've gotten quite a drive here. They've been here since about 2.45 in the morning. So, can you tell me what Taylor Swift means to you? She must mean a lot to you, because you're here and you've called in sick. That is very true. I almost named my daughter's middle name Taylor, so... Oh my goodness, I love it. Now, what are you hoping to snag at the merch truck here? Um, I want the gray quarter zip. Yes, we love the gray quarter zip. Yes. Love it. Now, are you guys going to the shows this weekend? I am on Saturday. Okay, okay. What are you looking forward to the most for that show? Is there any special song, any surprise song you want her to sing? Um, no, I'm taking an 11-year-old 11-year, 11 little girl. It's her first time. Mm -hmm. I went to the show in Nashville, so it's more for her. Okay. Oh, I absolutely love that. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Any other things that you're looking forward to this weekend? Are you guys trading friendship bracelets? What's happening? Uh, yes, yeah, she made a bunch of friendship bracelets. I've gotten friendship bracelets here um, from all these sweet people, so I'm very excited. Sweet. I love it. And we're going to cross our fingers that work doesn't find out, right? No, they're not. We're good. Your secret's safe with me. Yeah. I think it's safe with everyone else here. Yeah. So a lot, a lot going on there, right, in that clip. I mean, like, you know, obviously it's, it's chaotic in general, but, like, did anyone else notice that, like, this is an anonymous person being yeah. interviewed in the news again in a disguise? There's so much information here. You could, a lot. like, came from Louisville, mm. so we know where they're from, is bringing an 11-year-old girl, presumably their daughter, nearly gave that a girl the middle name of Taylor. Yeah. And it's like... But I don't think that's, I don't think that gives away anything. We know her full <laughs> if, identity. If you were a co-worker of right, this person. Right, Detective Dave over here, you cracked the case, have if you? If you were a co-worker of this Dave person. If you're the co-worker of this, it's Phil Moore. If you're the co-worker of this person, I found him. If you're the co-worker of this person and you were like, hey, where, where's a, where's Sandra today? Is she not supposed to be in? She like, uh, I needed her on this project. She's mysteriously not here. And then, and then you see this thing on the news, millions of miles away, whatever mm -hmm. it is, and like there's little de there's details here. A private detective, uh, worth their salt, would have this done. You, you know what I think the issue is because living in Ireland, we forget how big other places are. Yeah. Like Louisville's probably huge, but it went viral because it's gone worldwide now. No, but it's like even if even if my colleague saw that video, <laughs> there's no how would you get me? Louisville's huge. Be like, was it me? You can oh, also well, well, you have the person had eleven year old. You think I'm the only one with eleven year olds? You Louisville? can also hear some uh, some some bad reverse engineering local journalism there, where one side to the end she inexplicably is like, "So what are you guys going to do? Like make some friendship bracelets, perhaps?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, we have those." So it's a, clearly like a pre, you know, like so we'll talk about that, and then we'll get to the friendship bracelets. It's just really inorganically put together. But uh, going to a concert in disguise. I love your brain. It, it, I, lo I love your brain so much. I don't love my brain. Every week. I get this every week. It's what, brilliant. What, what, a, what a wonderfully <laughs> stressful place to be in. Oh, man. <laughs> let me tell you. I don't sleep well. I mean, but, but but would you ever go to a gig in disguise? Have you ever, like, donned a disguise to go to a... Disguise? Ooh. Um, I, I, rem I was at All Together Now last year. And I had a or pink... Or were you? Oh, was I? <laughs> I? But I had a pink uh, balaclava on. And I legit walked by someone. Like, there's one person in the world. No, there are two two people in the world I never want to walk by, and this is one of them. And I was so thankful for the pink balaclava. I'm like, 
You don't know who this is. We're, we're like a meter away, and you'll know who I am. Stupid. I've tricked you. I've this stuff happens. Like, celebrities, like, they go to Comic-Con, they dress up like Spider-Man or something, and no one knows they're there. And also, if it turns out that this was actually Taylor Swift under that elaborate skies, and, and it somehow pulled the wool over my head, well, then, fine. Mea, mea culpa. I, I, I will admit my fault. Um, so she's doing three nights. She's doing three nights in Dublin. Yeah. Uh, three nights. Tickets. To, everyone's on the wait list right now. Mm-hmm. People Did, are going isn't crazy. Isn't this, like, such a fucking 360 but yeah, or, like, or 180, 180 rather. 180, 180. my friend. Uh, we've, well, we've come full circle on Taylor Swift, she's coming back. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and the ticket sales. Beautiful sales. Uh, and the ticket sales. Yeah. What a 180, because like, what is it, three dates in the Aviva? Three dates in the Aviva. Now the capacity there, I don't know the full capacity, but I think it's I think it's 50, 55,000 perhaps, or in that ballpark. And how, like, no, how the many? Aviva's not 50. Is it not like 45, yeah, 50? It's like, it's, I know what, Crow Park for a concert like 80. 80. Crow Park is 80. So, of course, if anyone doesn't know, in 2018, Taylor Swift on the Reputation Tour played two Croke Park dates mm-hmm. and the second one did not sell very well. This is public knowledge. Don't come at me. Uh, and there was like, you know, everyone in the oh, world d- uh, listen you could I, walk, I could have had two could, free tickets for every member of my family you could walk into fucking Spar and they were like here you go <laughs> where your chicken roll <laughs> was wrapped in Taylor Swift tickets <laughs> if you had a, if you had a vlog with 10 views it's like oh you're an influencer do you want to come to Taylor Swift everyone was getting those tickets for, 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 for nothing uh, for the second show Diamond the first Dublin. show did well but second show did sell some tickets but I believe it was heavily papered as I, they say. I remember seeing aerial shots of the crowd and it was just like massive gaps the, in the story standing. goes like, that on that tour she was playing two shows in every city she was going to and thus it was non-negotiable and I think in May I don't know I wasn't in those meetings but I believe I'm sure somebody somewhere was like you'll sell out one second one's a bit of a gamble and they insisted upon it from what I've heard this time around oh god what a change the game has changed in but five years has been flipped. can I say um, this whole new Taylor Swift wave is such an anomaly to me because, and this is nothing to do about the quality of the new songs, but it's really odd for someone who's at the top of the world to suddenly get much more popular. Because for one, you're thinking, I didn't know there was higher the ceiling could go. But the fact that Taylor Swift has broken her sales record with his most recent album without bundles. There was like, in the old ones of Reputation before you had the merch bundles, you had the ticket bundles, you could inflate your sales. So she's broken her record and world records with no bundles. And to me, I'm thinking... Are we talking about the re-release stuff? No, no, no. Like the new, not Evermore or whatevermore, but like the, the most recent one, Lover. Did she not put vinyl package? Am I right in saying no, she put vinyl packages the, out the, the vinyl packages, you know, she does that with I every, suppose, yeah, every yeah, artist yeah, yeah, does yeah, that. And she does thing where she's like, hey, by the way, oh no, I have a another edition of Midnight's. Mm. Oh, surprise. And then it's like the whole thing where like all the fans are trying to, like the stands are trying to collect every uh, It's Malibu Stacey with a new hat type situation. It's, you know? it's great though because it's like really contributing to what you're saying in the sense that it's like inflating sales massively. I, you has, know? I don't know if anyone has... I, I can't have anyone in the career who's this late in, this successful, and somehow jumped to just a much higher level. Yeah, she's a she's a capitalism monster, and I, I'm trying. To, I, I was trying to figure out what it is. So it's got to be a combination of, of the of these things. Like you know, she's simply become a bigger star in the last five years. People prefer these albums to the most to to the Reputation album, whatever. Social media influence, I think, is a huge Massive, part of this. Yeah. Uh, lore and mythos. I think is it the story around goes a long way as well or like I'm probably something I'm not even kind of thinking right now I wrote this all down yesterday Um, but like there are factors to point to 
Uh, oh, oh, the show, the show. So the show that she's doing, this yeah. show, is does look like a huge, large-scale, massive production. She and spent she's, the money. And she's doing the... Yeah, she spent the money, and she's doing the career. It's the era's tour. So mm. she's doing... You know, it's kind of like... It, it's like a... It sounds like a production, you know? Mm. But, yeah, it is wild, because, like, now she's got three Aviva stadium dates lined up. People are killing them, killing each other to get in the fucking queue for tickets. People are, like, terrified that they're not even going to get... Like, actually get to that stage of it. Um, the demand has never been bigger. It's it is wild that somehow she but, has just become stratospheric. Put put, put this put the show aside. I think ticket sales you can like put a more um, appealing show together and people will come through. I cannot think like remember blank space and where that how that was everywhere and how big that was. Nothing on this new album to me has been at that level. Or cross in that way. The one, you know, it's hi, it's me on the problem, it's me. That's pretty big, isn't it? It's, Antihero. Even hey, though I think it's not a great space. Not a, not a great song. Think by the way. for a Anti-hero, second, blank space song. in the whole they had on society for like a year, two years. Like mm. shake it off. To me, nothing is crossed in that way since, but the numbers are higher. They're, somehow, without getting the same kind of the same level of radio support or like mainstream support. Obviously, Taylor, she has huge amounts. That's an interesting point, but I'm, I'm, I do agree because I think that like while she's in the zeitgeist mm-hmm. and like it, like it, this whole thing is about like her, I don't like the music's not doing the same thing it did. No, so it it's, might be better. It, it's it's a weird. It, it's like you say to use the word you use. It's a weird anomaly, right? Mm-hmm. It's like. I'd go out of curiosity, but I just wouldn't. It'd be lost. Would you go to all three, <laughs> five now. Let me tell you. <laughs> can you we can get five Taylor Swift gigs going. Could you name a That's super a successful artist that, in this point in their career, what year fifteen, year sixteen, they suddenly got much bigger? I can't think of anyone else. Beyonce, no. She's bigger though. I would no. agree with Dave. But she's bigger than she even was on like Lemonade. Like she's she gets she's also ascending. The new albums haven't sold more than Lemonade. Renaissance sold well. It hasn't sold more than Lemonade. Has it not? No. But the tour, again, the tour is like, people, again, just like crying their eyes out if they don't get tickets. People flying across the world to see her. I think that's been Beyonce. But even even if she's bigger, Taylor's much bigger. I've never, like this jump to me, I do think this is kind of an anomaly. Like we have to look back in here, like in 10 years time with like perspective of like, damn, that was a massive jump. A massive, massive jump. Yeah, I think we are seeing that. It's just like, what is it going to be, like you say, in it's also the become, grand scale? I think know? among amongst the Swifties in particular, it has become like, and it isn't just the collectibles. This is now, this is the, the ultimate collectible now is to be at the show. And this show in particular, for whatever reason, has just got that level of hype. This is like a proper, if I'm not there, mm. that's a disaster. Do you, do you think gigs are going to become a luxury item? In general? In general. No, because like you can always have like underground gigs and fucking Sorry, like... Do you think gigs for massive pop artists shows? who are doing Olympia-sized gigs and up are going to become a luxury item? Define, define that. Olympia-sized, no. No? No. Do you mean like, do you mean like in terms of like, you know, gold dust can't get into it type situation? I think gold dust price go up like, because before it was the super big ones where, it, you know, you get the, It's like, not about the talent. venue, it's about the artist. I mean, it's just like some artists just have this weird cachet and following where it's like, like I remember like Lizzo played the Olympia a few years ago and I, I wanted to go because I wanted to fucking bring somebody to even though I don't like Lizzo, but I was like, could not, <laughs> could not get a ticket. But like, I do wonder... Not happening. Because in the same way with shoes, it's like 
you want that new Jordan luxury item. Like it's like a PlayStation Five luxury item. I think it's a thing of well, she's doing three shows. It's not just one. So like, look, like, like the definition of luxury item there surely would be either she ain't coming or she's yeah. coming for one show only, and that's it. Like for me, because like perspective, like from my own perspective, for me, like Nine Inch Nails playing Dublin would be a luxury item because mm-hmm. they never fucking play here. Yeah, Taylor Swift does play here. Yeah, but I, it's more about accessibility where. To go is going to be either a lot of work or you're spending a lot of money. I think yeah. shows. Oh no! In that regard, it's definitely a luxury item. Like it's it's not going to be. Yeah, it's 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 not. And I, even look at look at like the the hotel room inflation when yeah. she's over. Like, Did you see the thing about people uh, having their hotel room booked and then and they got cancelled and then they, then they're booking me cancelled for no reason? It's yeah. like. It's it's so and then it's five times. Well, there's no regulation there for whatever reason. It's you're just right. I, like, even when you say like a, she's a capitalist hellscape, like that seems a bit harsh. But yeah, maybe kind of true. Maybe everything around there is Scourge. that because that's that's weird. Yeah. I, I haven't heard stories. I've heard stories of price gouging, but not your hotel being canceled because they didn't get a chance to price. Oh, that's pretty calm. Bruce Springsteen like happened when he come out. Garth Brooks. I mean, like, like if yeah, a big show that brings people across. But it, you know, it's like that, WrestleMania or something coming to your city. You is know? that like, new or was that happening ten years ago? Because I feel like we're on, we're going towards something well, that feels maybe, kind of weird. Now. I, I feel like I'd be surprised if the practice was new. I would expect that it's more expensive now because obviously just everything is more expensive and I expect it's more reported on. Mm. And again, social media as well is a way of, you know, bringing that information to you. Whereas 10 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, whatever, that might have been like a one-page report in a paper that someone saw and someone didn't see. Yeah. This stuff is a lot more talked about now. And that and that's another conversation. And, they're, you know, like that ain't fucking fair, especially if you're coming over. You know, like, I mean, like, it's, it's a, first of all, uh, one last thing on this. Because uh, I feel like this is fast becoming the Taylor Swift podcast, but like Swiftcast, let's go Swiftcast, baby. Um, one last thing on this, right? Is that I don't know if they've even released the ticket prices for this, and yet everyone's dying to get in the queues because it doesn't. How much matter. is it going to be? I, I'd be surprised if it was more than a hundred, but maybe it'll be I think right. it will be hundred average, maybe hundred. We're going past hundred. Then you're going to have Gold Circle. Maybe she'll do a meet and greet. You know, but it's th- like this is my point. No one has questioned the price because whatever she asks for, they're going to pay. That's my point. I think it's these big gigs are. She getting is in rarefied more, air in that regard. Yes, there's very few people who can command that. I, the the thing is, it's all about setting a standard. It's like if enough people who aren't Taylor Swift do that and get away with it, more and more people are going to do it. I would say I do think, especially if you're a fan, I'd be surprised if you don't get your money's worth. It's going to be a massive show. Yeah, you're getting your money. She's probably going to do a fucking gigantic set list. Three hours at least. I'd like, say, yeah. Paramore opening up. That's another, like, like it's not like, the, at least, Paramore. at least there is, at least there is, like, an actual end product here that, while it's, it goes over my head because I can take or leave Taylor Swift, I understand mm. that there will be people whose hearts will be actually broken on the 14th of July when they don't get into the ticket queue or whatever the fuck it is. But that's the name of the game. And again, all this is going to do is create more demand and less supply. And she's laughing all the way to the bank. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Meanwhile, we're going to laugh all the way into our top five. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, Saturday morning sugar rush coming up. Uh, Patreon.com, by the way, slash no encore if you want to help support the show. Would love if you would. Love you anyway. Love all y'all. Uh, so here yeah, we go. Yeah, <laughs> Sophie, join back up. Stop running from the Patreon, Sophie, if you're listening. Why'd you cancel your membership? Uh, that's, I uh, gotta edit that That's being edited out. No, she'll love the shout out. She'll join back. That's a terrible shout out. Um, anyway, so yeah, cartoon theme tunes. Why did you pick this? Because um, we were trying to do a top five, and I think you're such an illustrious podcast. You guys are the pod fathers, the goats, the gods, the kings, and you've done a lot. And especially the lists are to me, because I think with list stuff and listicles, in my head, it'd be very easy for it to get boring or repetitive. But I think you've done an excellent job of being fresh, unique, and inventive in the way you've approached this. So I initially wanted to do a list. Um, I, I was kind of, we were kind of talking about it. me and Dave will meet up like once every two weeks to get like a coffee or something. And we've spoken about it now for like about six months to a year. We've been talking about it. And I felt like I wanted to be more knowledgeable than Dave on the air. Because <laughs> even if early in the podcast, I felt that I was maybe, you know, throwing some music snobbery accusations. Let me tell you now, I am putting on my snob hat and it's going to get very, very particular. I believe it was, I minutes. believe it's a beret. So what you're trying to do No, no, no Why don't you just say What you said to me Before we started recording You, you said like What was the quote I'm gonna fucking crush you On this list Is I'm that what you I'm gonna fucking crush you On this list, yes Well, why don't you start Okay Now, Play. as you know You know the format Give me a bit of a teaser Don't just tell me what it is Adam will Will, will, will reveal But yeah Give me some yeah. Actually, wait, hold on a second. I have some notes, if, if you don't mind. Oh, take your time. Yeah, go, go for it. Yeah, take, I, I made take, some take your time. Take encouraged. your time. Yeah. Uh, where's my... I was doing some... Because I, I, let me say as well, like, I was very strict with my research in this. You know, I really looked into it. I really, like, listened to stuff, went back and said, okay, nostalgia goggles aside, does this still work? Does this still hit? Does this describe the show? Also, if it's a show that's about music and has other songs, is it one of the strongest songs on the show? So sorry, Phineas and Ferb fans, I had to cut you guys. Because while the theme song is great, it's the weakest song on the show. Way better songs on the show. Put that energy into theme song. So this is forensic for you. This oh, is a real... This, and speaking of forensic, starting with F, this might get into the next choice here. You're talking a show by Seth MacFarlane. Um, so you've just given it away. Like you, You've just straight away given it away. No, no, no. He got a couple. Um, beginning with F? Uh, beginning with F. Oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> medium temples, swinging big band style. Come on, you know what this is. The illustrious vocals of Alex uh, Borstein. Again, like this is like like this is not how you do an intro. This I'm is just, it. We got this. Run the run the tape. You're not crushing it so far. That's all I'm telling you. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. But we're those good old fashioned values. On which we used to rely. Lefty is a family guy. 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 L
Here's the thing. And this is really important. This theme song tells you something massively about Seth McFarlane, the creator of Family Guy. And the truth in it is he is a theater kid. And this song and the songs in the show, outside of the dick jokes and the random non sequiturs and the weird comedy moments, he loves theater. He loves musicals. He loves show tunes. And this song is just a con- condensing all that passion into what is a great intro. And what really makes it stick is uh, who plays, uh, what's his wife's name in this show? No, Lois, Lois, Lois. Alex Borstein. Uh, Alex Borstein yeah. has just a great like they do a it's cover family of guy by the way. Just in case uh, anyone doesn't. <laughs> oh, it's family guy. It's family guy. Come on, bro. You know what? You Everyone know what knows. But yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah they, I, I just think she like her voice. This adds so much gravitas. Has this gravel to it? Oh, I think it's banging. This Classic. show has been on the air since 1999. What's your point? I can't believe it. What? The I'm fuck? not joking. I'm not joking. This show has been on the air for 24 years. Let's go. Okay, right. Look, first of all, when Max sent me his list, absolutely incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. When Dave sent me his list, absolutely incredible. So you're in for a great show here today, guys. But for, I have to get this out of the way at the top. I can't fucking stand Family Guy. That's so fair. I Did can't. you ever like any of it? No. Never, never, not even as a teen. No, I oh. loved the first three seasons. I was, I was, I was big into it for a while, and then I eventually couldn't. I was like, I've had enough. I, I just couldn't. It there's, was so, oh, it's so some, disjointed. There, there's some very yeah. funny. Stuff. As a man who grew, <laughs> as a man who grew up watching The Simpsons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, to go from that to that was just, it, it was like a breakneck speed, yeah. uh, like uh, in terms of like the change of pace, and it just jumps around and it's, it's too disjointed, and I wasn't into it. One, the only thing, the only thing element that I liked about it was Adam West as, <laughs> as the mayor. He was excellent. That was pretty great. The first time I saw a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm flailing tube man, I I needed to be resuscitated. I couldn't. I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe. As as a man who watches, I like to watch stuff going to bed. I don't like going to yes. sleep to silence. Yes. As a man who watches Family Guy from start to finish, almost every season, once every two or three years, I'm with you. I think the show. I, I enjoy the first five seasons quite heavily. It takes a dip, picks up weirdly again around season nine to like 10 and 11. And then it's just a slow, steady dip into hell. I don't remember when I <laughs> tapped out, but like, yeah, so it is, it's, it's, it's got the Simpsons problem though as well, where it's just like at a certain point, it's After game, season 13, it's, it's game it's, the yeah, fuck yeah. over. Yeah. And this will become that main flaw. And what I'm guessing your list is going to have in its main flaw is not a problem with my number one winner. Because the thing about a good theme song and a good show is you want growth. You want resolution. You want an arc. But yeah, Family Guy. I think this is a home run. Easy uh, for, for a theme tune. Yeah, no, yeah. it is. I, I will say like, you know, I've like, I kind of like, I, I almost flinched when it came on or when I knew you were going to play it because you gave it away. Mm. But like, here's the thing. Uh, I mean, it is objectively a very good theme tune. It's It's got punch. It tells you what the show is about. Because that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. Do these theme tunes tell you what the show is about? Some yeah. do, some don't. And this tells you not just what the show is about in terms of its basic premise, yeah. but it has enough kind of, you know, and vivaciousness to it. And does it, yeah, does it capture the levity of the show? Like, does this capture the vibe of what Family Guy is? And, and it's what, like 30 seconds? Absolutely. You gotta get, you gotta, it's, you know. It does the job in 30 seconds and gets it done 
That's the entire that's the entire song basically. I didn't have to give Adam like 30 seconds of it. The theme song is about is 30 exactly minutes. 30 seconds. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's a show that I like I just can't even remember like when I just like I don't even know I don't know what it was. I just eventually was just like gone, but there was a there was a period where like I bought the DVDs of the first 3 seasons whatever. I was big into it and there's some there are some ones that if I think about it now, I will piss myself. Like, there, there's some great gags in it, you know. You never found it funny at all. No. What about when he's um fiscated <laughs> as a child, you know? What about when he's on a plane and he like is dressed up as a pilot, or whatever, and he opens up the cockpit and the guy flying the plane says, You're not a pilot. I know every pilot in the world. That's a great guy. <laughs> I can't. Like I just um, I don't I don't. I, it's at its best when it's completely absurd, which is quite often. Does South Park speak to you all? I'm just trying oh, to Oh no, it's the exact are. same thing. Okay, okay, again, maybe that kind of humor is just a bit too it's too absurd, I think. Let, let me tell you, a controversial take, American Dad's better. Than Family Guy? Yes. I agree with you. Oh, oh. Yeah, no, I agree with oh you. Oh my God, twin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number five for me, uh, let's jump in with a classic, a classic cartoon intro. It's just so good. It's Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man. It's one of the Spider-Man cartoons, the big one from the 90s. And uh, while that played, the second it started playing, uh, my my twin started shaking his head derisively. What's your problem? You fell into my trap. You fell into my web, so to speak. Did I? So let's let's be clear here, Adam. Dave is going for the nostalgia play because the real Spider-Man heads, the real web heads would have said the superior Spider-Man theme song is Spectacular Spider-Man. The OG OG or the spectacular Spider Man? You're going for the Sarge vote. Look, that song. This is my Spider Man. That, that, gu- that guitar riff. This have is you, what have I you watched. seen the spectacular Spider Man? I think so. Come, come on. The, <laughs> the webheads listening, because I know the webheads listening, will know. Look, that guitar riff, amazing. Undeniable, Be- I would say. Like, I was hating, and then I heard it, and yeah, he's, my face he, lit up. He I turned was around, like, he's like, this is pretty oh, good. Yeah, it, oh. turns, it turns into fucking like Lethal Weapon 3 at a certain <laughs> yeah. point, and you're like, come on. And you know what? It, it captures the vibe very well, I would say. Tells me nothing about the show. It says Spider-Man about 50 times in a row. Is that what we're doing? Radioactive Spider-Man. Uh, he's radioactive. Well, again, like this is the kind of the weird trade-off because obviously, you know, from a visual perspective, it's all there. I right. wasn't necessarily... I don't necessarily need my audio to tell me everything about the show. Okay, that's fair. Not in every instance. In some instances, yes. Look, I'm hating because I like to win. This is a great theme song. It's a belter. It's so 90s. It's great. It's so it is, oh. isn't it? It's just like that vocoder if, with the one note is just unbelievable. It feels smoky. It feels like <laughs> it was made in a very smoky room, you know? Like 
the haze machine or just uh, cigarette smoke but it was very smoky when they made this uh, theme song the um it was a, it, yeah it was a very fun show very kind of over the top and i have a clip from the show which i think is very very enjoyable and it's no uh clips this guy is scotting me look at this fucking guy. had a feeling i had to raise my game this week guys so here's a clip from uh this is a scene where spider-man uh, but he's been he's been venomed he, he's he's got the, he's got the venom you know situation going on and so uh, and he's running after a, he's running after a villain in a clock tower who's running away from him and it's it's very over the top let's have a listen surprise shocker let me tell it to you straight i am invincible get back here shocker shocker That is just pure melodrama. I swear to God, the next cinema. time... Cinema. That's what that is. That's the, cinema. The next time, like, someone wrongs me in any capacity, right? The next time, if someone gives me... If someone, if someone gives me, like, the wrong change in a shop, I'm going to be like, I'll chase you to the ends of the earth! Oh, my God. Um, but that was that show. It was just chaos all the time. So, so good. You know, the only... in the uh, I think that show ran for about four or five seasons, and the, in the entire time, only he only threw, I think, three punches. That can't be true. Yes. It was a lot of webbing, swinging, like the web game people. I think because of like kind of stuff with like, you know, Hayes Code or whatever. I don't know. Violence in USA. They weren't allowing that show to have too much like violence at the time. So he just like strings people up and just like uh, like traps them? A lot of the stringing people up or maybe like swinging into people. But right. in terms of like throwing punches. like What about like, like roundhouse kicks and stuff? Probably lots of them. He's a fan. Like cause a lot of it was like he would try but not get to the person or something. It's really, go back and watch it. It's actually a big lack of violence in that show. Okay. Uh, does your number four selection have violence? So my number four selection is actually, this was the most dangerous pick I had because it's not super common, but if you know, you know, and if you know, it's a classic. Picking up in real quick and say if My Chemical Romance had that on the, the Black Parade they would be delighted with themselves <laughs> like, what a tune like, incredible tune alright tell me what this is because I don't know what this see, is and that's a, this is a problem listeners please 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 there was a classic show early 2000s uh, called Beyblade um, it would be young kids and Beyblade in the world of Beyblades is a Olympic sport very big bigger than football bigger than anything and they're basically they would battle with spinning tops you would go against someone and your spinning top would battle against their spinning top. But inside each spinning top, if you're very good, has a bit beast, which is a monster of some sort. A little bit magical, a little bit mystical. But let me tell you where, like, the kids were just dressed to the nines. Like, they were ranch dressing, fashion fitted, traveling around the world, going up against different people in Beyblade competitions. Um, But the song, Beyonce, Dave, kind of rocks. It's a bit of a banger. Yeah, this definitely passing by and this is an age thing for sure. This is like you know, like like we just discussed, Spider Man nineties. I'm the nineties kid, you this know. Be so like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, 
Yeah, and this was a bit of a phenomenon, right? Like this was massive. I, yeah. I saw the name around the place. Oh, a lot. I mean, it was a big thing in. I remember you in my school. You were allowed to bring them in. A really big thing in the school, mm-hmm. but obviously. Especially the first generation of Beyblades, they were made out of metal. metal. You they know? were fucking heavy. It weighed like a kilo each. If you threw that at someone, they were not getting up in a hurry. I, I, and they're also, because they're spinning tops, they're sharp. So I remember there was like a battle going on at, at lunchtime. And the the bell rings, so we have to end the battle. And the guy goes to grab his thing and just like cuts his hand. Because like, they're sharp spinning tops. Very cool to watch battle. Very cool to watch oh, yeah. go head to head. But dangerous as well. If they were so, what was it? It was like the, there was like a plastic bit on the top. Mm. If I remember right, it was like plastic bit at the top, giant metal ring, like <laughs> like a fucking metal ring, yeah. like, and it was about like I don't know three or four mils thick, more plastic, and another piece of metal at the end. Where yeah. would you uh, where would you purchase these? Smith's, Smith's Toys R Us, Smith's like, Toy Superstores. They're they're active. Wow. Okay. You could um, get a little Beyblade ring made out of plastic. Oof, yeah. Waste the money. Waste the money. <laughs> Absolute waste. The, the money. best place to battle them: bathtub, bathtub. Oh, the battles in the bathtub. Ooh. Amazing. Yeah, a bit of a game changer. Yeah. How did you good. fare? Were you good at this? Or? Well, here's the thing. It actually, not that it took a because a lot of it was more about what kind of Beyblade you were building, you know? Like there was ones that are more a defensive style. They wouldn't move a lot. So they would spin longer and then kind of bear attacks a little bit better. More aggressive ones, ones that are more balanced. But I think I was solid, but you needed money to really get the heavy hitters going. The ones who had like rubber on theirs at the bottom that would spin for ages, oh, what a hacks. So um, is this yeah, song? It was, it was a phenomenon. Is this song playing in your head while, while you're battling? So here's the thing about Beyblade as well, and I almost didn't pick it for this reason. This show has excellent music. I went back and listened to the whole soundtrack. You know, the the ten songs from season one, and it's just like some surprisingly good stuff. This one was done by a person named Sick Kid, which I mean is so apt for the type of song that it is. And But yeah, I mean, you would be like, let's Beyblade, you know, and let it rip was the classic, you know, catchphrase you would say at the start of a duel. Three, two, one, let it rip. So yeah, that's, that's pretty good. It's pretty great. I can't believe I missed this entire generational moment. It was, I, I mean, it kind of passed me by pretty quick. I remember it being massive for all of about two weeks and then that was it. It was, it, was back to, it was back to Pokemon cards, I think. Oh, so it was like the fidget spinner of its day. No, I mean, I think I think it had probably like... Um, probably a bit more shelf life pro- than I give it credit for. Yeah, because I remember I moved a lot when I was a kid. So I, I was... They were a big thing when I was living in Newbridge, a big thing when I was living in Nace. So you probably had like two and a half years of like big prominence and then fizzled to nothing. So... Um, to reference a, a classic animated series, The Simpsons. Mm. Um, remember that episode of The Simpsons when like they get the, the, the dog, Laddie... That's like the greatest dog ever and can do everything. Remember when Homer's wearing a tie at the dinner table? And Marge is like, Homer, are you wearing a tie to impress Laddie? And he's like, do you think he noticed? (laughs) My number four pick is me uh, wearing a tie to try and impress Max over here. to To try and gain his respect and hopefully his love. I think it's time we blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam.
got me. You got me. You sneaky fox. One off. One off. One more. Mission accomplished, everybody. It is the, yeah, it's not uh, the closing of 2015 psychological warfare music drama Whiplash. It is, in fact. <laughs> or any James Bond uh, fight scene from the 1970s. No, yeah, it is, in fact, uh, the theme tune to Cowboy Bebop, the short lived anime series from Japan from uh, 1998 to 1999, I believe. And, uh, yeah, the composer is Yoko Kano. And that piece of music fucking rules this was a Cowboy Bebop was a show that I just missed for years I knew of it I saw images it looked cool I finally got around to it a few years ago and of course from the get go I was rather entranced by it and this music went a long way I need to revisit it I need to watch it again I've kind of forgotten all about it it's an incredible show and yeah, have I have I, have I managed to to gain your respect here with this jazzy number? You know, this was so close to being on my list, which I think uh, would have been funny. The the only reason this isn't on my list is I said to myself, I'm going to allow one anime song. That'll be yeah, because you're a big anime guy, and you yeah. did say to me in advance that you were like, you're only gonna pick one. Yeah, and I was like, okay, maybe that, I got maybe I got a shot here. You know? That'll be made clear later. But I will say, you've made it in my eyes and the eyes of the the ears, the listeners at home. It's one all. It's one all. Okay. I think I had you the first round, but I have to say, you got me. You know more about anime than I do. Um, where does this rank for you? And also, if someone is listening to this right now and they've never seen Cowboy Bebop, mm-hmm. how would you describe the show? I mean, it's Firefly, but better. You know, I think it's a uh, it's a space western, but very sexy. Um, the animation style is just so nineties, but very good. Like I think, I think there was it was it was that time in the nineties. It's actually quite interesting where you had things. There was a period of time where you had stuff like Princess Mononoke or Kira and Cowboy Bebop, where the quality and the frame rate for these animations was just so so high, like so many images per per frame. And then it kind of dipped after this because you also had Ghost in the Shell, and then there was kind of a reduction in quality. Uh, people kind of use CGI a little bit more. They kind of cut corners. So there was a, a period where until I would say the middle 2000s, anime just in the 90s just looked better than anime currently coming out. But it's a goaded series. I I think I think the mangaka is seen as one of the best. Also Samurai Shampoo, he also did, which you would really enjoy if you enjoy this. Um, for me... Like that's the thing. I I feel like I do have an issue, not an issue, but I went back and watched some Cowboy Bebop, and it's very excellent. It's not aged poorly in any kind of way. That's not what I'm saying. But I did not finish it. I mean, myself, I do need to go back. But I think there is something where it's more dense than I thought it would be when I finally got to it. I yeah. thought it would be a lot more kind of, especially even with the music there. I thought it would have been just pure freewheeling vibes. But no, no, like it's not. They're short enough episodes, mm. but they feel long. Yeah. I, I just think it is packed wall to wall with stuff and there's so much world building that like pays off down the line it really it seeds stuff really well did you watch the short lived immediately cancelled Netflix live action version from a couple of years ago no and it wasn't even a thing of I was hating it's just I was considering it and then people I really respected strangers on the internet parasocial relationship told me it's not that good um, so I didn't give it. A, I didn't give it a whack. And the person that got to play, you know, the titular Bebop, who I love, by the way, it was John Cho. Wasn't John it? Cho, yeah, kind of old, kind of too old to be playing this, you know, character. You think so? I think the the character in the anime is just like freewheeling. I don't care whatever. I'm in like my twenties kind of space cowboy vibe. I wear a suit and I'm very slick and I'm very sexy and my hair is green. And John Cho's, I'm forty. I look good. <laughs> I look good, but you also look silly. 
Okay. Um, it's, yeah, I, I will say, you picking this top five has made me, and this getting into my top five, has made me go like, I'm 100% going to go back to Cowboy Bebop, the original version. I can give you a list of other animes as well. Let's get you hooked on anime. It'll, it'll really ensure that you get many a, a, a female partner if you watch enough anime, I think. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that'll, yeah, that'll do the trick. Um, so, speaking of lists, it's your turn. So, picture this. Great it's, band, great band, so it, good. <laughs> I'd go see them five. So, uh, I go, go see them five times in a row if I could. So you're at the height of your power. You just done SNL with Kanye West. The world loves you. You dropped an album, the one that people like, not the one that people hate. Everyone thinks you're amazing. They're saying you're gonna be the next Drake. Your name is Chance the Rapper, and you choose to do what? You choose to do a cover of this next song because it's that good. You got to listen to your heart, listen to the beat, listen to the rhythm, the rhythm of the street. Open up your eyes, open up your ears, get together and make things better by working together. It's a simple message and it comes from the heart. Oh, believe in yourself, for that's the place to start. Start and I sing, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. That was that was the Arthur theme song by the one and only Ziggy Marley, child of Bob Marley. Need I say more? You've lost this round, but <laughs> but as well, I just think in terms of like that show and Arthur, where it's just kind of it's it's a cartoon about you know these animals, but it has not to say edge, but it kind of deals with real life in a kind of interesting way yeah. for that kind of young of a cartoon, and just is very optimistic and full of hope and full of love and you can see the detail in the characters in the story and I think this song reflects that like Adam said just there it's like I I saw this on the list and I felt happy and I think it really does inspire a sense of happiness and hopefulness that it it really does actually warm my heart to listen to every time I didn't even love Arthur as a show you can just see to me it's like anytime I hear it I can just see yellow jumper blue jeans that's all I can see is yellow jumper blue jeans. Just walking like, down the street, yeah, real yeah, upbeat. Like, yeah. oh. It's great. It's a, it's it may, like I said it as well off mic. I was like, I don't like reggae kind of as I don't know. It just like doesn't as a really, rule. Not as a rule. <laughs> I was going to say that. Um, it, it just doesn't really do it for me. But this really does, and it's just like this is everything good about like cartoons and also reggae. Makes me feel good. So eloquently put. Yeah, I'm um, doing some research on this. This was like number one on a big long list I read. And I was like, wow, okay, what a choice. Um, Arthur is a show that I was always around, but I never quite got into. But I understand it has a massive cult following. Mm. And it's weirdly memeable as well. Yeah. Obviously, there's the Arthur Fist, Fist meme, of course. <laughs> and also, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know enough about the show, but like, it seemed like it was a bit weird. It was a bit weird. Like, in terms of Nickelodeon cartoons, uh, this is a Nickelodeon boy. It had like, and that's what I was saying, this and what was that one with the football heads fella? Oh, Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. They just had like a kind of mature edge to them around the corners, a periphery, I feel. It was like slightly darker, wasn't it? Yeah, they were just slightly more like... I feel like the Arthur kids were going through some fucking angst. Am I wrong? There was a bit of that going. There was like some kind of identity crises, I think, involved there at certain points. It's so interesting with a cartoon and you think of, let's say, the Cartoon Network or Disney Channel Fair at that time where it might be like, oh... Our parents are struggling with money, and it'll just—that's something you don't see on Disney Channel, Cartoon Network. Like, oh, your parents are are having a hard time with money, and then that's affecting you in X, Y, and Z way, you know. So I think it did 
touch on things I thought were definitely more compelling uh, for that age group. So this is the part, because you've jogged my, my memory here. This is the part where I have to shame Adam now. Oh. I feel bad about doing this. No, I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Adam yesterday about this top five, and I said, what's your own shouts for Wait, the topic? You, you have my text message thread? I have, I have it right here you're in front about of me. To, uh, listener, you're about to hear of a man's mind unraveling for no reason. It's incredible. This is like, it was half four yesterday, and I said, I got a hell of a top five here, I have to say. Uh, Adam replies, you know I love when you tell me this because 100% of the time it has been excellent. And, uh, yeah, he's my biggest true. cheerleader, everybody. It's true. Like, yeah, when he's like, mm, it's really good this week. But I said, what? It's definitely really good. And, and when he's like, I really found it in this week, I'm like, it's I didn't still say really I found, good. I said, I said I had a lack of prep time, but yeah. I did my best. I said, the mm-hmm. top five will speak for itself. Uh, spoilers for, you know, me being a, a mess of a human being. I had to go see Mission Impossible, guys. Point is, right? Important. I said to Adam, what's your own shouts for the topic? Adam, knowing that the topic was top five cartoon TV themes. Literally just read it. Yeah. Adam replies immediately with a fervor of enthusiasm and he says, actually I haven't thought it yet, but immediately Severance comes to mind. I loved that. And I went, the Apple TV show? And then Adam goes, and the bear. Well, that's probably 70% recency bias. Literally saw teams. And I said, and I said, I wrote back and I went, cartoons only, my dude. <laughs> and then, and then he goes, oh yeah, oh crap, of course. And then he goes, Futurama is a banger. Keenan and Kel, though. <laughs> What a tune! I th- I, I, and I, no, no, I, I, I grabbed that one and I, and I wrote back to him and I went, literally a live action show and in italics I went, are you all right? <laughs> then, then I got a 48 minute voice note. 48 seconds. 40, Jesus, sorry, 48 sorry. Minutes. 48 seconds. That's a podcast. I got a 48 second voice note which was a loving tribute to the Keenan and Kel theme song and I was like, Adam, what's happening to you? I, look, I have no explanation as to why. The only thing I can think of is the concept of a cartoon I knew, like, <laughs> like destroyed your brain <laughs> wasn't even doing anything is that it's a cartoon I, is that a cartoon it's not as if I was occupied I genuinely I, do you know what I saw I saw theme songs that was it and then I think you got enthusiastic you, and then you said it's like I need animated and I was like okay that means childhood then yeah, yeah. so like I immediately just went to like all, all great shouts stuff. by the way but nonetheless oh fuck me. incorrect disqualified can't explain <laughs> it won't work. I want to dedicate my next one uh, to the current uh, No Encore quiz champion Zara Hederman this one my number three in the cartoon TV themes <laughs> shut up Dave because <laughs> <laughs> it's Zara Hederman here we go it's a classic <laughs> Where are you? We got some work to do now. Scooby Dooby Doo, Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it is, of course, the Scooby-Doo theme tune. Now, there's been a few of those over the years, but this is the this is the OG, I believe. Uh, I was I was going to comment on the fact that, you know, that style of music, that, that kind of sound there, it's pretty evocative. You know, I think it could fit right into a certain 
certain motion picture by a certain filmmaker called Quentin Tarantino, and I realised that Scooby-Doo was in fact conceived in 1969. The show, not the dog. The dog is not real. Um, that we know of. Mm. But I love this one because I think it's a classic, it sounds vintage, and it tells you what the show is about. And it's a lovely, fun, weird show. The Wikipedia description for Scooby-Doo's description is, uh, <laughs> This Saturday morning cartoon series featured teenagers Fred Jones, Daphne Blake, Velma Dinkley, and Shaggy Rogers, and their talking Great Dane named Scooby-Doo, who solved mysteries, including supposedly supernatural creatures, through a series of antics and missteps. Now, I dedicate that one to Zara Hedeman because she and I have a running Scooby-Doo joke. We just have a weird, I guess, affection for, for, the, for the great animated canine. And uh, you mentioned South Park earlier on. Mm. South Park did an amazing parody episode on this, where Corn were in it. It's, it's fantastic. Corn's a groovy pirate ghost mystery. It's great fun. I'm getting a sense, though, across the room here that I may have, I may have picked one that you don't think is great. No, I honestly, um, it, it's it's a great theme song, and especially as it went on, I haven't heard it in a while. There were there were moments that I really enjoyed. I really got a kick out of. Uh, but I'm thinking of the other kind of. Well, this is a Hanna Barbera cartoon, right? It is. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if this is even the strongest Hanna Barbera cartoon theme song, like Wacky Races, maybe or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I guess maybe cartoon like both of those, Wacky Races and Scooby Doo, would be very much. Again, you, you are right. I am going the nostalgia route. This yeah. is shit I would have watched when I was when I didn't even realize what cartoons were. But Dave, you, you got to win. You got to do what you got to do to win. I think I've already won. I think I've got you on the show. Uh, okay, <laughs> damn! I thought it was going to be smack talking. Made it lovely. I feel bad now. <laughs> Mind games. I, I think for me, my only hiccup is this is. A great theme song this is really enjoyable but for this far in the listicle i would not listen to this outside of i'm about to watch scooby-doo i don't think it slaps in that way i, I felt the same about family guy but family guy's number five on the list i think your other picks it they held up to the point where outside of a theme song i would listen to this yeah i get that but i the reason i, I bumped it up the list was because of just i think i think scooby-doo i think it's time to put some respect on that name 100%. And that's why I did this. And I think Scooby-Doo, it's also a really fucked up cartoon. And it mm. stood the test of weird time. As a matter of fact, in 2022, uh, you know that band Simple Plan? No. They're like some emo band from the before times. They had a couple of hits, didn't did they? they? I th- maybe. Like two, Max. Well, they did, a, they did a new theme tune version of this for like, a, I think it's called What's New Scooby-Doo? And it sounds a bit, in fact, it sounds entirely... Like this. You've stacked the deck against me. <laughs> What's this Scooby Doo? We're coming after you. You're gonna solve that mystery. I see you, Scooby Doo. The trail is back to you. What's this Scooby Doo? What's this Scooby Doo? We're gonna follow you. You're gonna solve that mystery. We see you, Scooby Doo. We're coming after you. What's this Scooby Pay for their crimes against humanity. <laughs> that is very Green Day. 
Yeah, very specifically so. I don't I don't know. I don't think that's a Simplan original necessarily. Adam is doing some research right now. I'm furiously typing. <laughs> but a uh, bit of a banger. Oh, that goes. Yeah. That goes. That I, Yeah, that's like that's enjoyable. I'm basic. I'm a basic bitch, but I kind of love that. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. And I it's obviously, you know, it's got a lot more punch because it's a lot more modern than yeah. the original Scooby-Doo. Like, there's a nice quaintness to the original Scooby-Doo theme. Complete side tangent. Remember the first Scooby-Doo movie with the witches? Is this the live action version? No, the animated with the goth witches. No. Super hot. Have you seen the goth witches were? Yeah, super okay. hot. How was Scooby? Was he Fine, hot, but hot the goth too? witches, crazy hot. Have you seen the live action versions? Yeah. With like Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh yeah, I'll, those I think are just like they seem to be. They, they've gotten like over time. They've gotten a weird. I think James Gunn wrote them. They've gotten a weird cult following. They're masterpieces because, and here's the key thing, that I know how things get a cult following, especially uh, cart, uh, like stuff that's maybe marketed towards kids in the most weird way. You go back to them as adult and realize, oh, this was super horny. Yes, super super. Horny. Yeah, it is. It is extremely fucking extremely. horny. And like, it's just like, you know, like, it's it, again, this thing where it's like, oh, Velma is like the not good looking one. And it's like, not in those movies. <laughs> Velma, Velma looking crazy, bro. <laughs> but there's just like, it's just a weird, there's a weird energy to them. And it feels very like, lots of, lots of jokes here for the dads, you know? Lots. Like, and he's just, they're more, he's more overtly a stoner. Like Shaggy is, yeah, yeah. yeah, and Scooby probably yeah, as well. And with guys, those are the cartoons, I mean, like, like the amount of times, like, like in cartoons, you know, they're all the, the gag is that they're always off making like the world's biggest sandwich, mm. while this alleged ghost is terrorizing people. I've never actually watched the live action version because the CGI looks so bad, but I think because of the growing cult thirst following, I think this, I might I have think to they do, do it Scooby now. pretty okay in the live action, especially for the time. See uh, that maybe, thing this week where there was like a video of someone on Twitter who like there was a video of this woman and she was like on a plane freaking out. And she got off the plane. She she was like kept. She was pointing to the back. Like, and you're she, not real. She was like, you're yes. She was like, she's like, I'm not getting. She's like, I'm not staying on this plane because that. She's like, that person back there is not real. <laughs> yeah. They're not real. And it was like uh, people were like, what the fuck's happening? And then someone quote tweeted and went, this is who she was looking at. And it's that scene from Scooby Doo where he's on a plane yeah. dressed, dressed as, as a woman. woman. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's like. Sir, that's clearly a, a CGI dog. <laughs> I know. We, I, I know. I know. Playing uh, travel these days has changed since the pandemic, but this is out of, out of line. But anyway. you know who else is not real, but is also not real for the amazing things that she does? This sounds like a link to me. Our next opener. Let's go. Beautiful. He's nailed it, guys. I knew. It. I, I had faith. I knew it. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm your basic average girl. I'm here to save the world You can't stop me cause I'm impossible There is nothing I can't do When danger comes Just know that I am on my way It doesn't matter where or when there's trouble If you just call my name Impossible That punchy R&B a bit of Motown vibe from Christina and Milian is a Kim Possible theme song. Of course, it's Christina Milian. Like it's of it, course, of course. You're talking early 2000s. She's the top of her power, and just like I, I think as well, her voice just gives it that kind of like just cool. Like there's a there's such an air of like because if you watch Kim Possible, I know Dave is a little bit older than the youthful me. Uh, I've never one. seen it, guys. Boo! Get get real culture into your life. I think Kim Possible <laughs> is great because it's like. She is, and let me give you a little bit of rundown of the show. She is, first of all, a redhead, 
uh, awoke some things in me as a young child. Let me just say out the gate. Let me be honest, be upfront. Um, and she is a secret detective, spy type of thing. But not really because everyone knows who she is and she has great marketing. Her name is Kim Possible. And she solves kind of mysteries and crimes. Not really crimes, but maybe like captures bad guys misdemeanors <laughs> yeah. it's like let's let's private eye more i'm coming into a room and beating the shit out of everyone where her friend ron stoppable they date later on in the show and his naked mole rat classic classic cartoon stuff and um, her nemesis Shigo, <laughs> crazy hot <laughs> crazy hot there's something you say out the gate crazy hot um but yeah, I think this is uh, no because even like as we're talking about theme songs and what they're supposed to do already, it really captures what the show is about. The vibe, it's like she's young, she's hip, she's like doing the stuff that the police can't, and she's doing it amazingly. But also, apropos of anything else, it is a banging song. This is just good music. This is like I happily, if you tell me I could go back in time machine, I would steal this get a singer and make this somehow a Teddy Rex. I would love to steal this song. I just think it stands on its own two legs, but at the same time, is such a perfect encapsulation of what the show is. I'm surprised you haven't sampled it, or at least... You're giving me ideas, you're giving me notions, I tell you. And we have, like, I think we have, in our discography, we have two Kim Possible references already. Like, we Better get love... to it before that Fillmore guy does. That's I mean, that's like. Is this the best thing Christina Milian has ever done? Come on, you're mad disrespectful. Why are you doing her like that? What are you doing? I'm putting you on the spot. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. No, yes, no. I'm going to let you get the Millionis after me. What, what's better than this? Shut up. Anyways. The Millionaires, oh. come on. <laughs> From AM to PM is better than this? Um, I think her uh, face. Sure, yeah. I mean, again, but, you know, that's, you know, like, we, we, don't, we don't objectify people on this. Deep it low. Dipolo is pretty good. Great okay. song. Yeah. But this okay. is good, though, I will say. Again, uh, it's just Kim Possible, you know, it's just, it predates my cartoon watching era. That's so, all. So, uh, let me or, get this straight. Did you. No, get I predate its get, era. Get yeah. to a certain age where you just stopped watching cartoons? Because even me. And I kept watching professional wrestling, yeah. Okay. Um, which is, you, you, which you could say is a cartoon. Good. Um, not it's not it's not like a it's not like a well I'm now now I must put childish things away type yeah. situation. I think it's just you know your interests change. I, I I always had curiosity, so even like let's say things that came out after I was a cartoon watching age, or like Adventure Time, a regular show. I heard such good things about them. And yeah, I, I would go back and say, oh, what's going on? Or even what's the one with the two kids and they're at campus, the Disney Disney one. It's um, oh, the two kid, the twins, and they're. Uh, Camp solving like spooky mysteries. No idea. Oh well, I wouldn't like not watch cartoons. Just yeah, you know, I, I, but I, like I just it's yeah I don't know. I mean it's more like it's also I think it's also a gravitational thing as well where you move away from the age of just television and you get into streaming and blah blah blah. blah. You know you prioritize what you already know you'll like and whatever. Like I have nothing. There's no. You know, and I, you know I like I, I still watch fucking that, Mon- Monsters Inc or that, something. That's funny because you, know? you, from my experiences with you, you seem to have a very adventurous taste. You like to branch out maybe by the nature of what it is that you do as a job maybe. as a reviewer I I'm, I I'm not surprised because if, if someone tells me if I hear a lot of people talking about literally anything if everyone's like hey this musical Hamilton's blowing up you really need to check this and I don't watch musicals I think musicals are corny I'm gonna check it out because once something hits that level of popularity I have that curiosity about well, I kind of run from hype like yeah I even like you know to mention a live action show like The Bear I was nervous going into that turns out it's great but I think when people just kind of hop on a thing and they're like it's the best thing of all time I'm just like I don't know I don't know I guess cartoons had a weird kind of imitational thing when you're younger as well because they're just on you need a sugar rush but uh, and with that in mind you know not so much a sugar rush more of a 
more of a violent rush, really, for my number two. Uh, we're going back to the nineties, and it's it's one of the it's one of the greatest animated series of all time. tell you something about this guy he is the knight <laughs> it is batman it's batman the animated series and that's danny elfman with the incredible incredible theme great intro sets the tone perfectly in every way and uh yeah the, the story goes that like danny elfman initially refused to do it and they hired someone else but for whatever reason he came on board did it very much kind of taking cues from his 1989 live action you know score that he did there with tim burton and yeah, I love it. It just it's so evocative to me. That's a great fucking show. Mm. And the music throughout was the score is generally excellent. Like it's a great show. It's yeah. a visual feast, it's an audio feast. You know, even like, you know, the people, you know, it's not just hipsters who say that Mask of the Phantasm is one of the great Batman films, which happens to be from the animated series. The style of the animation is incredible. The voice acting, the late Kevin Conroy, amazing. Mm. I just love this. It would always just like... And then that's also the Joker's played by... Uh, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's such a playground for actors, a playground for, I, I presume, like visual artists and, and people working on even just the sound mixing. It felt like, you know, I know Batman draws this shit all the time from people, but for an, for an animated series, you know, it felt like a, an, an adult show for a kid to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. And I felt like that was... It, but it was... But it was it was written for you that way. It it didn't dumb it down. And it was just really compelling and really interesting. And I do think Adam was kind of saying when we were listening to that, that he, he was like, that's so far removed from where Batman music would go mm. in films and stuff over the years. And you're not wrong in general, especially Hans Zimmer's Christopher Nolan stuff. But I do think that the most recent Batman film, the Robert Pattinson one, yeah. and the score by the Michael Jackson. Best one? I, no, Batman yeah. Begins is the best of, the, asking, of, of the modern ones, for sure. I went to see Batman Begins and Lighthouse there recently. Mm. It's just so much fun. You don't think The Dark Knight is the best? No, Batman Dark Begins. Knight Begin, uh, Dark Knight Rises is better. You think Dark Knight Rises? Is better than, the than Dark Knight. Begins. Uh, well, I think The Dark Knight is the best. incredible. Perfect. You guys are crazy. It's Perfect. incredible. Perfect. I, I think the Dark Knight Rises... It's really good. It's garbage. It's not garbage. It's not garbage. It's not garbage. <laughs> we're going to get, we're gonna get so sidetracked on. here. I would say, first of all, now hearing this, I know what your final pick is. I can see through you like uh, okay, like like a like a, well, a, a window of well, some sort. Before we get there, uh, yeah, you can guess it when I do it, but okay. go on. Um, but also, for me, my biggest problem with this, and you could, and I think you could see my face as, as I was listening, as someone who's watched it, the show. Yeah, it betrays you. you it know. took me time to figure out what this was. But you knew what it was at a certain point. At a certain point. But Halfway through, you said, oh, this is Batman. I think the problem is, in a show with so many amazing moments and such an amazing score, the theme song does not stand down the way that it needs to. It's not bad. It's not horrible. I just feel like in a show well, that has... What's it missing, then? 
you know what? I actually, I, I can't even really tell you because there have been like fully instrumental tracks you've picked. I'm like, yeah, this is Cowboy Bebop. Yep, this is Spider-Man. And yet, this is Batman. This feels like Batman, but it was never, I don't think, in my experience, a high point of the show. Um, I could be off here. Um, and I, I'll take you know I, I'm not really I don't feel too strongly on this point I'll give you head. I'll give you as much as I will say that I think it couples really really well with the intro visually and I do think that you know there is a sense of menace a sense of threat uh, maybe it's not the most quote unquote enjoyable yeah. purely in the ears type situation but again I'm going for my nostalgia I'm going for my I found this to be just like really arresting mm. and different, like very different to what else I was watching on TV. I think, I honestly, I do think it is a strong, dark, brooding choice, which I respect. And even the thunder, like, oh, chef's kiss. That's gorgeous stuff, isn't it? Sets the tone. But speaking of setting the tone, I mean, this, is, <laughs> this is where we get into the final pick and we get into the real meat and potatoes of this because I'll talk a little bit about this later, but this next song is a reason, I'll, I'll go into it, why this whole list would be entirely anime if I so wanted it to be. That was Fighting Dreamers and Naruto Season 4 theme song. Or it's also, I think, a song by... The name of the song is Go by the band called Flow. They wrote it for this show. But here's the problem, and here's here's why this list would be entirely anime. I say Season 4 theme song. It ran between Episode 78 to 103. A bit of Japanese rock for you there, a bit of Japanese rap. Anime does this thing, separate to other uh, Western cartoons, where it changes its theme song, both the visuals and the music, either once a season or twice a season. As in, Naruto typically twice a season would get a new theme song, every new arc. And what they would do is they would look at what's coming up in the next 20 or 30 or 40 episodes, see what the themes are, see what the vibe is, and then create a theme song around that to perfectly capture it. This is the thing. And we're talking about growth and arc and changes in the experience of watching the show. And while all the shows I love, let's say Kim Possible and the like, um, and even the ones you've mentioned, while let's say they've been great and the theme song has captured it, the theme song hasn't grown with the characters of the show. So Kim Possible season one, it's very different to Kim Possible season three and four, dealing with different stuff, exploring different stuff. That's the same for the majority of the shows on this list. I think anime, it being so hyper-specific, saying, I'm going to capture this season. I'm going to reflect that in the visuals and the art style and the storylines means that there's no better reflection of a show. And they care. Like, they spend the money. Like, I think that's the thing where they're spending the money to change theme song twice a season often. So for me, if I was to take that into account, this list would entirely be anime. I would lose because the people who are not anime <laughs> fans are going to be like, I don't know what that is. I'm very much ready to lose a point in this final round, but I truly believe that this is a different approach to making cartoon music and I respect it more and I think it's more thorough and more reflective and just a better way to spend your money. So that's my pick. I stand by it. Well, I will say, first of all, given that we've never actually had a point scoring uh, officialdom done here, looking forward to seeing who Adam declares the winner. Yeah, second I knew I'd get tracked into that. <laughs> second of all, um, why is that the approach? Why do they switch it up so you, often? You know is that, and how common is that throughout anime? It's, it's the norm for almost every single anime. You either get it 
uh, you usually get like at least one per 25 episode seasonal run or two per 25 episode seasonal run. Um, and the thing is, I did a lot of research to try and find out why is this the case? Why isn't it the norm in Western like cartoons? Why does anime do this? I couldn't find anything about it. I just think maybe because a lot of animes are originally mangas before they become actual cartoons. So they're comics before they become cartoons. And unlike, let's say, Batman or Spider-Man, where there's a bunch of different comic runs and a bunch of different writers, there's one megaka. So they usually work in collaboration with the people producing anime to execute that vision. And I think that's it. Maybe it's just more care where you're trying to capture the vision of one specific person as opposed to numerous people where you have that more leeway. And this is the cultural difference of they have like a lot of times idols will kind of campaign or hope to get an anime theme song. It's a big thing. These theme songs sell records. Like some of them are top charting songs over there. I just think they pay more attention to it. And while I loved all my picks, I can tell that when listening to these anime theme songs that these guys care about this a whole lot more. Okay. Um, I guess lastly, and first of all, it, it is obviously a banger. Um, again, and this isn't just for the listener. This is for me as well. You know, if 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 someone is not all that into anime, but wants to dive in, what's the one anime show that you would say that this is the one to start with? Especially if someone might need their hand held a bit to be like, to get into this world. Because it seems labyrinthine. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, where the fuck do you start? And then so much of it as well like, Give is, me like a good one. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I think I, I, my, oh, my pick for people getting into it is always Attack on Titan because Attack on Titan is the most mature most nuanced most kind of adult version of anime it's like it's in parts a tough watch very compelling stories there's levity there there's action there but it's like the world building is just amazing but it can be horrific imagine it's it's like essentially in a world where there's like zombies but they're freaking huge and you're dealing with that but why i say attack on titan is because it's a it's a mystery box anime like you're trying to find out what's in the cellar you try to find out what's the seller for three seasons. At one point, there's a gap between season one and season two. So there's about like a five or four year gap between the first and second season. So by the time I found out what's in the seller, it's been seven, eight years at this point, you know, a long, long time. And when you find out what it is, there is no more rewarding reveal in media history. Okay, okay, you sold me. I will watch this. It, honestly, you have to get to like season three. And once again, season one's perfect. Season two is pretty great season three is perfect perfect but when they finally reveal it to you it's like oh my god it's one of those shows i love rewatching with people you can come over anytime we can watch some of season one because it's like a good mystery and a good reveal is they're telling you the entire time what's going on what the twist is for three seasons and then when you go back and watch it you're like it's staring me in the face. Like, that person was acting weird. Oh, that was kind of odd. And you think, oh, that's just like little whatever, little things happening in the background. Like, if you watch certain people in the background of a scene, this is animation now, they're revealing stuff in the background. It's like, wait, wait, what are they doing over there? So it's such a good show to rewatch. It's the perfect gateway anime. Okay, perfect. Uh, you said that you know what my number one is. Mm. Uh, without giving it away, <laughs> what, what do you think it is? I think it's uh, a bunch of guys in costumes being little freaky weird guys. Am I right? Hit the music, Adam.
deep breath, like, you know, deep breath. That is just, yeah, you are right. It is a bunch of guys and gals in costumes being freaky little weirdos. Mm. It's X-Men, the animated X-Men series. It has no right to go that hard. No, no business going that hard. It's unbelievable. So tough. Like, so, so tough. It's oh, just so vivid. It, like, oh, it's just... I. I, I climb mountains now. You, you know? can hear the colors of the costumes in that yeah. team. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think song. after this, every X Men media was and stuff I enjoyed was so dull and so gray and so like lifeless, lifeless and regular. And I think the X Men was were bigger than life. And this whole song just captures that. It's just it's it's vibrant and it's bigger than life. It's such a good theme song. And also, yeah, so with the with the animation intro, like you see all the characters one by one and like they're all so distinct. And yeah, it's that thing where like, you know, they make the movies, they make the live action movie in 2000 and they make a joke, you know, because they're all wearing like, just like kind of like black leather. Mm. And they're like, you know, he's like, oh, these costumes are a bit. And someone's like, oh, well, what would you prefer? Yellow spandex? Mm. It's like, oh, it's knowing. But like that was why X-Men was cool because these like insane larger than life things that all stood out. Like watching that that intro and all the characters coming up one by one, Gambit is like the sixth guy or something, and you're like, "That's Gambit!" Like, like he fucking rules, you know? <laughs> Look at him! Like, oh, Jubilee! Like, yeah, like Rogue! On. Like, like come these guys—they all have such unique looks, and they're so cool. Which is so weird. And the music as well. fucking <laughs> rules. Because around like, the time that movie came out, you had Spider Man, where the Green Goblin is just the Green Goblin. They don't try. Downgraded. Yeah, they don't dress it up at all. Yeah, yeah, he is the Green Goblin. Like so, the Spider-Man costume. While yeah, the blue could be maybe a little bit more vibrant. It's the Spider-Man costume. So I think it is a bit odd that they said black leather spandex. We 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 want to be serious, X Men. Like the whole point of X Men was that it was just because it's it's right there, guys, in the top five title. It was such a giant cartoon. Mm. That's what it was. Yeah, so colorful. Are they going to do a reboot? Of X Men, yeah, yeah, of course, uh, yeah, because like, doesn't someone have like the rights to go back to somebody? Disney have the rights again? Disney have it now. So yeah, we're getting. Yeah, a re- yeah. I mean, we're getting multiverse. They fucking got decades. That series, the, the film series, is miserable. The second one's good. Everyone likes the second one. It is a good movie. Ooh, okay, well, I mean, even because I think I think First Class. I like First Class. It's fine. It's not great on a rewatch. It's okay. Like and one. Days of Future Past. I enjoyed Days of Future I hated Past. that one. That was so boring. That stupid one with Oscar Isaac as... That's Apocalypse. That is <laughs> that is so bad. He looks it's terrible. That is so, so bad. <laughs> it's just... It's so stupid. That's so bad. Oh, There's been that movie... Because I reviewed it when it was out. There's been that movie when he shows up. And again, he looks like a fucking Power Rangers villain. So does Green Goblin and Spider-Man, but whatever. But like, this is much more so. He pops on and like he puts his hand on like a television mm. and like rolls his eyes back like the Undertaker and like the television goes all static. Choke slams the TV. No, no. <laughs> someone's like, "What are you doing?" And he he turns and he goes, "He goes learning." Yeah, it's just it's really stupid. Bad movies. They need a reboot badly. Then you had like you know Dark Phoenix again. That, that was ass. Didn't even go near it. Like I was ass. Like, they went back to back ass. How they get away with that? <laughs> Bad. They didn't. There's been no more since. <laughs> just, just well, they eventually released New Mutants. I just they lost. Oh, me that's that point. horrendous. They lost. Yeah, me yeah. That they point. kept that in the vault for like four years or something. They're like we don't know what to do with this garbage. It's really bad. Anna Taylor Joy is a star, though. I disagree. Well, she's a star, but I don't quite see it. I, I don't quite understand the level of you know fervor that surrounds her. But whatever. Uh, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about X Men. Great cartoon. Very fun. Very fun. And that's what I wanted to evoke with this list was the Saturday morning sugar rush. But I do have one more bonus clip for you, for you though. So. Um, Japanese X-Men theme Oh Let's have a listen to that Goes fucking hard Let me tell you X-Men Surprise surprise 
人類とミュータントの平和的共存を実現するために組織されたミュータントヒーローチームであるLuxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, I could, I could totally hear, like, you know,、uh, Metallica. <laughs> Metallica, Metallica. Not with Metallica. the vocals. I could say, I, was, I, I could see, like, you know, Kazuchika Okada coming out to this at like the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom. It does have that, like, when it like, stops and then explodes again. Yeah, it's, like, you yeah, can imagine fully, them, like,、yeah. legging it down the ramp or like,、yeah. flipping off the top rope. It's incredible. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just incredible stuff. And, you know, the original theme tune is unreal. And, like, I, there's different versions of this. I don't know if it's fan made. I think that that is what it was in、mm. Japan. I could be wrong. But nonetheless, a, a world of incredible cartoon music. And、uh, who won the top five, Adam? I'm going to say a, a very even handed draw. Knew he'd do it. Knew he'd do it. You know who I think won? I'd love you to tell me. Well, let, let's, go, let's go song by song. Let's do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, <laughs> Family Guy versus who was your first pick? Oh, for fuck's sake. We're not doing this, are we?、Uh, real quickly. Super. So,、uh, original Spider Man. Would you like me or... to actually do the points here? Let's, no, let's no. do song by song. Let's just see. Family Guy versus Original Spider Man. Adam, honest opinion. Uh, original Spider Man. Thank you. All right. Beyblade versus Cowboy Bebop. Ooh, Ooh tough one. Cowboy Bebop, I think. <laughs> 2 0 <two> . Arthur versus. What was your, your third one? Original Scooby Doo. Doesn't matter, Arthur. <laughs>、um, Possible versus Original Batman. Batman the Animated Series. Kim Possible. <gasps> to all. Ah, damn it. And number one. Naruto versus the thing you clearly love and know. X Men. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. <laughs> Listen, don't come to my house, okay? And、uh, try and. You know what? I give myself. I give myself、uh, a five out of five? No, 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 no. I, I think I lost.、Um, I think I lost the Cowboy Bebop one. I think if I'm being honest. <laughs> I lost the X Men one. Okay. I don't think I lost, lost, but、sure. I think in terms of theme song and being iconic and being amazing, look, unless you're a narrator head, which is like, I mean, one of the biggest cartoons of all time, you're not going to know in the same way you know X Men. So I'm not mad at that. I look, think I, I lost. And I will、too. say that's entirely the circumstance. I, yeah, appreciate, I appreciate how humble you're, you've been about this. Yes. And how mature. I just think I won. 
You could say, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you could say, you could say, you're a five out of five guest. Oh wow, Max Zanga, everybody. Uh, I'm never be invited back, but it was lovely to be here. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful burning bridge. Oh we my God. <laughs> go, go listen to Tebby Rex. Go listen to Fillmore. You will, of course, be back definitely sooner than later. And um, but I, what, what I will say is, you know, you talk about a five out of five guest. An 11 out of 10 Sonic Architect. Sonic, Sonic Architect Adam, everybody. <laughs> As always, pleasure every week just to be here. It was a great top five this week, despite my um, not understanding the concept of a cartoon. <laughs> well, look, I'm, um, I'm going to watch anime off the back of this. I'm probably going to go back and watch some episodes of like some of the great stuff there. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's Cable Bebop and, Atta- and Attack on Titan for me. Yeah. X-Men, X-Men 100%. I want to go back and check that cartoon out. I haven't watched it in Ages. I mean, look, you you guys are more than welcome pull up to my house, man. We do a little, we'll do a little TV day, do a little TV day, watch some stuff, get some uh, takeaway, chilling. I like it. Sounds good to me. See you all there. No, no, just the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Dave Handrady. Patreon.com slash no encore for the invite. <laughs> this has been no encore. There will be no encore. And uh, yeah, go watch some Saturday morning cartoons. Bye. I like to be the best. I'd like to be your friend. I'd like if I was normal, I'm not normal, I pretend I'd like to be the best, I'd like to be your friend I'd like if I was normal, I'm not normal, I pretend See a nigga like me, see a nigga like me Proper needy, proper corny, I'm a puppet on the shelf Hands in my rectum, I was dancing You need, you want, say less, I got it 1,000 cash, yeah, out my pocket One in rollies, I would roll that on the street for ya In the storm, I don't care In the rain, I don't care What you like me, if you care If you say that I'm nice or I'm kind down there Man, I like being liked, okay, I'm scared what if they think that I'm weird? My stubble uneven and I can't grow a beard. Can't handle myself. I ain't masculine enough. I tease, I tease. Oh, Daffy the duck. Oh, please, oh, please. I ain't pleasant enough. Snatch way serving cunt. So cute, so young. I'm a dog 21. I like to be the best. I like to be your friend. I'd like if I was normal. I'm not normal. I pretend. I'd like to be the best I'd like to be your friend I'd like if I was normal I'm not normal, I pretend I'm so needy, I'm so needy, ain't you know that? Green skulls on committee, that's a throwback I don't give a fuck about the environment I want accolades and praise on my diet like Dyson Suck it up, yeah, yeah, gobble up, glizzy, glizzy I feed off your attention Stomach stuffed by hate eating me Unless you like eating me, now I love eating me I'm so insecure, I'm so insecure, yeah, yeah Do you like the song, do you like the song, yeah, yeah I like what you like, I like everything you tell me to I hate what you hate, I hate myself if you tell me to I just want everyone to be happy I hate when people are sad I'm pleased if you're pleased, smooth brain No thoughts, I don't think it through If that's pathetic, that's your opinion I guess so, like, fuck you You can take it if you like it Yeah, I liked it, but it's yours I could hold out all your chairs I could open all your doors Can you text me in the morning? Can you call when you get home? I'll be right there if you need me I'll be there, I'm alone